Hey everyone, you may not know this, but the Know You Gear podcast is 100% sponsored by patrons. No companies have ever been involved with this podcast, and I want to say thank you. And if you want to sponsor, you just go to the Film Ignite Patreon page. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to Know Your Gear QA number 238. It's been an interesting week, I'm sure, for a lot of you. It's an interesting week for me, and uh, I want to thank you for joining me this week. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm sure we have a lot of questions, and uh, we also have some giveaways to uh, to talk about. And before we get started, I'm sure a lot of you are like, what happened last week? And so you know, I did receive a super chat last week before the show he started. That's the first one we'll start with today. But um, last week, what happened was about an hour before the podcast, that's why it was all set up and ready to go, um, I had to take my wife to the emergency room. And so we were there, obviously, for about eight hours. And uh, so what's been going on, as I told you guys, um, about a month ago, um, she fractured like her foot. And I told you guys, like I, I say broken, but it's like fractured. So she has it in a boot. She had it in a boot. Um, so, you know, that's what we've been dealing with. But what happened was, and we actually know the date, it was October 28th. She started getting headaches. She doesn't get headaches, and I haven't got headaches. You know, I don't get headaches either, so it's not normal for us. She started getting really bad headaches. In fact, she got a headache on – that's how we know it was on October 28th because she got a headache then, and she's had a headache every single day, like bad headaches, like you know, debilitating uh, headaches. So we took her to the urgent care and then to our, our primary physician, and we've been dealing with all the things they think it could be. And then on Friday, that led to her having to go to uh, the emergency room. So I took her to the emergency room where they performed. They did the CT scan. They did the blood test. They did, you know, everything because that's the only place you can get the CT scan. So long story short, since then, this week, she was back at the primary again. And she seems to be, if I, my opinion, she's 70% better than she was. I don't know if I asked her right now, she might say 60 or 50, but she's definitely better than she was. And they think they know what's going on, but that's what happened. So obviously, uh, that's why the show didn't happen last week. And I couldn't really give out any information because I didn't really have any information to give out. Plus, as you can imagine, we really need to tell the family what's going on first and then disseminate the information out across the board. And really, we didn't know anything until probably Tuesday this week anyways. Um, so there you go. So that's what happened last week. So today we can talk about guitars again, knowing that she's doing better. And, uh, and a lot of you are saying, hope she gets well. She seems better. Like I said, um, the, the important thing I can tell you is they're not really hundred percent sure what's wrong. We just know all the serious things don't seem to be an issue. And as you know, that's really what you care about, um, is that's what they were eliminating because, um, that's what she was having issues with was, uh, some of the more, um, serious, you know, we were more concerned about the serious things that could be happening. So... Um, yeah. So like I said, so like I said, I do, I do apologize. Um, we talked about it. We were, <laughs> we're laughing. I shouldn't laugh, but we're laughing. Cause if anyone knows when you go to the emergency room, you go there and we were there before we, I think we got to see a doctor. We we're probably there for four or five hours, four hours before you see the doctor. And then you see the doctor for a second and then you're there for hours and hours until they come back. And, um, and, um, you know, so we we're, I was like, well, maybe I should put out a message, you know, telling everybody that the show got canceled, but yet we didn't know what to say. So, 
uh, we decided to just wait and see. So, like I said, the good news is I think it's uh, it's much, much better uh, than it was and uh, nothing serious so far, nothing that we know about. So, what do we want to talk about? I know you guys have questions. I want to start with the first question that I got last week, and then I have some interesting stuff that I think would be cool to talk about as well. So let me start with uh, the super chat that came in last week. There was there was two. Uh, first one came from Litve, who said um, he's about to buy a Thornbucker for his Humbucker single 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 super strat. You know, I just should say HSS <laughs> Humbucker single single uh, as it is. Uh, he goes. So he wants to put the Thornbucker in a super strat. He wants to know. Uh, oh, so he's asking me about black stock pickups. So he says, okay, so here's the question. He says, people like Kimi who don't like humbuckers. So he's not a big humbucker fan, but he has HSS. He says, does the black stock have something that I should consider instead? Uh, I can wait. The black stock is the, so the black stock pickup, the pickup that I make, which is um, it's called the Northern Lights, would be the opposite pickup that you would want. So my Northern Lights PAF style pickup is designed to be a fuller sounding bridge pickup um, where the Thornbucker, I, I think, because I have a set as well and I like them, is set is to be a, a brighter sounding pickup, which is there's a lot to love about both, which is why I like them both. But if I was you and I was looking for a humbucker that had that Strat vibe, the feel, but gave you a little bit more push, I'd go th- uh, Thornbucker for sure. Like I said, I would say if you said, oh, I don't like the bridge position in my Strat because it's too bright and it's not, you know, fat enough or big enough sounding, then maybe the Blackstock pickup would be way to go. Uh, Zubbin. <laughs> I love that name, man. <laughs> Zubbin. Zubbin says, hey, Phil, I got a Marshall SV20 head and I paired it with an orange PPC 212 cabinet, which is a great 212 cabinet. Orange is no down, no downside to orange cabinets with cream backs, even at low volume, attenuated. The amp hurts my ears, but only this amp and not others. Is it my ears or my amp? No, it's your amp. Look, I had the I had the SV20. I had all three of the Studio Series Marshall amps. I only reviewed the two, but I ended up getting all three. And like I said, there's a lot of great things to say about them. I don't. I, they're not bad amps. They're they're really good quality amplifiers. Like I said, there's nothing um, bad about the amps in themselves. The problem is, is what they're geared for isn't the mark for me. So what I mean by that is, in my opinion of this, I believe what Marshall did is they took the 100-watt heads, maybe the 50-watt heads, but probably the 100-watt heads, and they said, okay, how do we get this to where this is a more gigable volume amplifier? And that's what the 20-watt series does, is it lets you go on a small stage and have a Marshall that isn't destroying the front row, <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, you don't have to feel bad for the, for the people in the front row of that stage, However, at home use, I found them to be almost unusable for my needs because, like I said, I found to get them to sound right, like you, I was attenuating, I was doing all this stuff, and it just seemed like a lot to do, you know, to get the sound right, to get the Marshall sound that you want, uh, which is why I got rid of them and I got the Pedal Pal uh, pedal, and that's what I use now. I do have a Marshall Plexi, a full-size Plexi. I don't know why. <laughs> I run it through my ox now and it's great, but I mean, it's just this obnoxious, uh, head that I have. <laughs> and, uh, and again, same thing. You have to run it through the ox, something like that. Otherwise it's no, there's no way to, to use it. In re- and that's why I ended up using that and not the, uh, the, uh, the 20 watt version is because what I decided was at least if I have the real Plexi quote unquote, it's 
an amazing loud amplifier where the 20 watts not an amazing loud amplifier and it's not a, and the 50 watt that i have isn't a great quiet amplifier but in my opinion neither is the 20 watt and again and i, I want to be very clear i don't dislike those amps <laughs> the reason i say that is because not because i'm afraid to hurt anybody's feelings that have them it's just because i don't want any confusion sometimes people go i know you don't like this and i'm like no no i liked it i just i found things be- better fit my needs what happened with the um the the 20 watt Marshall escapade. And this is why sometimes, like I said, that's the downfall of YouTube videos. I make videos and now I'm learning more as I've made so many that maybe like a history video, I need to keep things in the background and maybe do update videos that make more sense. What really happened with that was to buy, because I bought all those amps, to buy those amps, I sold my Freeman Runt. And I bought those amps. So basically, I want you to follow the, the, line, the thought process. I bought the Friedman Runt because I wanted a quiet Marshall. And Marshall didn't make a quiet Marshall. And, uh, and then Marshall came out 20-watt amps. And, and uh, you know I was like, oh, well, that's what I want. So there goes the Friedman amp. And in come the Marshalls. And I was really happy. But over time, what I really started learning was I was better off with the Runt. It did what I wanted. It, and I had no complaints about it other than it didn't have a Marshall logo. And so that's why I was going to buy the Runt again. And then I just said, screw it. Let's look at the Dirty Shirley. And that's why I have a Dirty Shirley Mini now. And I love the Dirty Shirley Mini so much, though, that as you guys know, I have the Dirty Shirley Mini and the full size. And I told myself that I would sell the Mini when I got the full size because you don't need both. But to be honest, they're slightly different. And I like both for different reasons. So I just have two Dirty Shirleys. I have the twin sister and then I have the Mini. And if it helps, you guys, if it helps, uh, the the full size is, cr- you know, crazy expensive. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's worth it. I don't want to downgrade what their value is, but, ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's an expensive amp. Uh, having it now, having for time, uh, I don't know if I would pick the Twin Sister over the Mini Dirty Shirley. There's some things I like about the Twin Sister. It's fuller sounding, a little bit more low end push. Uh, less gain because it's not breaking up as fast because it's a uh, more powerful amplifier. But price, I was should have stayed with the Dirty Shirley Mini. I was probably just fine with that. In fact, all my Freemans, I have the B small or uh, the B small box. No, not the B small box. The small box, Dirty Shirley Mini. <laughs> I'm not going to get rid of any of my Freemans uh, because at this point they're so expensive. They're only going to go up in price like a lot of this stuff right now because inflation. If I sell it now and I have to buy it again in a couple of years, it'll just be. It'll be a disaster. So I'm going to keep them all. But realistically, if I could have had the hindsight I have now, I would have got the mini 20 watt, fit all my needs and call it a day. That's a lot on just one question about a Marshall. Um, Now that brings us to, since we're talking about amps, let's talk about this. So what, what happened this week, I don't know if you guys caught some of the stuff that's going on, is Reverb announced the top selling uh, amps and guitars for the year, which is weird because the year's not over. But hey, you know what? And uh, we have some of that stuff right here. Let's go to it. Look at that. And uh, this is the top 20 selling amplifiers on Reverb. Now, let me go back to me real quick. I know you want to see it, but keep in mind, this data, the way I understand it, is collected from all sales. So used and new, all all avenues, and just on Reverb. So this isn't is industry stats. But as we know, you can kind of learn a little bit from, you know, just, just Reverb. So, whoops, wrong one. Going back this way. And stats. Okay. So uh, the number one selling amp was the Fender Mustang Micro. I thought that was very strange since I don't consider that an amp. <laughs> I consider that a, a headphone amp. 
Like, it's just a weird thing. It's weird to me that it's included there. In fact, I almost call, I call, actually, I'll tell you, I call bullshit on that one. <laughs> I was very confused when I saw that. To me, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know how to put that. It would be like, how is that different? I want to know, maybe you guys can explain it to me. How is the, the, the Fender Mustang micro amp different than an HX Stomp or a, you know, um, any other headphone amp. I don't understand. Like I'm, or my phone, <laughs> like, how is it different? It's just a headphone amp, right? And, yeah. And somebody says, and it's cheap. It just seems weird to me. It's almost like, and I'm not accusing this. It just feels like maybe they just wanted to make sure. sure I don't know why I keep going that one. I'm sorry, guys. I'll go back. Uh, this one, uh, like they wanted to make sure Fender was number one. So obviously number two is the Boss Katana. And in my opinion, Boss Katana should get number one. Uh, because obviously, I, I, <laughs> I'm on my I'm on my third Boss Katana. I have a I have another one now. I had the 100, then I got rid of it, got the 50, and I got rid of that. And now I have the 50 again. Um, now I have to admit, as I've told you guys, I bought a 50 again because so many of you said, "Hey, wouldn't it be great if you use that in the videos?" And now I have it for videos, so that's why I did it again. But let's face it, everybody has a katana. It's crazy how many katanas are out there so uh then we have number three is a positive positive grid spark i'm not shocked at that at all uh orange micro dark uh and then of course orange mt20 micro dark yamaha again thr10 thr30 makes sense vox ac15 shocked me it's crazy to me to see the vox ac15 over a fender blues driver i would have never predicted that in a million years orange crush Yep, I can see that in the top 10. Fender Tone Master Deluxe in the top 10, I could see that as well. Um, like I said, I reviewed that amp, and like I said in that video, it's a very, very good amp. The only downside is the expense. Um, but in retrospect, uh, the number 11 was a 65 Deluxe Reverb. And as I said uh, in, and I'll go back to me for a second, as I said in that video, and, I'll, and I said on the podcast once, if I didn't have a real tube Fender Deluxe Reverb, I would have kept the deluxe, uh, you know, uh, Tone Master. I just didn't see the point of having two amps that are basically the same amp just because one's a little lighter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ten pounds lighter. I- I'll just I'll just play through the tube um, one. Uh, so then we had uh, then we had the um, the Fender Rumble 100, which is again very crazy. And then see, it's the Boss KT Mini. The Fender Rumble is a bass amp. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Eh, okay, so bass amps in this. I thought it was basically guitar amps. Then we have the Boss uh, Waza Air. Okay, makes sense. Fender Blues Jr. So again, I thought the Blues Jr. would definitely make the list. I just, like I said, super shocked to see it beat the AC-15, or the AC-15 beat it. And not because, again, I think one's better than the other. Just, you know, when, you, when you're out in the wild, what do you guys see mostly? You see a lot more, more Blues Juniors than you see Vox AC-15s. Um, Marshall DSL 20 HR. I could see that one as well. Fender champion 20 orange terror stomp at 20. Um, Fender rumble again, 40. That's a base amp Kemper amps profiler stage. And again, I'm confused by that. See what wh- I don't understand Kemper amp profiler stage. That's the, and somebody put in the comments if I'm wrong. Cause I'm not, not super, uh, isn't that the, the foot pedal? Right? Isn't that the foot pedal Kemper? Fin- foot pedal Kemper? Amplifier? <laughs> I think. Could be wrong. And, uh, sorry. And uh, then we have the Marshall Studio Vintage t- 
SV20, MK2. So there you go. Really shocking. What what I find most shocking about all of this is, I'll tell you what I, I think was interesting that I was shocked to see missing from the list. I was shocked to see, not see, I mean, seriously shocked, not to see the EVH uh, uh, Loudbox, whatever, not Loudbox, the 20-watt. The tw- the is it called the Loudbox? No, it's not called. The, what is it called? Lunchbox? I don't know. The Lunchbox amp. The EVH Lunchbox amp. I was shocked not to see any of the EVH stuff in the top 20. Very shocked. I was also shocked to not see the Runt 20. Although, keep in mind, I understand how colossally big Marshall is to Friedman. I didn't think Friedman would beat out Marshall in any category, but I thought maybe Friedman with the Runt might make that list. Um, So it was really telling. In fact, I'm looking around to see other things that might shock me. And really, that's it. Just not see any EVH in that list. You're talking about, you know, obviously he he passed away. It's called Lunchbox. He passed away, you know, a little over a year ago. And we know he was, you know, obviously a lot of us went crazy and started buying up his stuff. And uh, again, I was I was really shocked to see that, like I said, oh, LBX. Thank you, Dirt Racer X. LBXs, those didn't make the list at all. They didn't beat out. I mean, I've seen way more LBXs than I've ever seen Marshalls. So again, I don't doubt their data. Uh, in fact, I don't doubt any of the data they gave us. I just think they seems like they put the the Fender headphone amp in there, and I don't know why. Because again, nothing against that amp. I just don't. I don't consider a headphone amp an amp. And maybe it's just me. To me, it's you know something else. And then uh, guitar Jawa saying PRS MT15. So the MT15. Well, here's the funny part about this. Here's here's what's interesting about stuff like that. They're, like the PRS MT15, one thing that's interesting is if you go on Reverb now, you can't even find them in stock. They're, I, I bought one again, as you guys may have known, after I interviewed uh, Tremonti. <laughs> it's a sickness. It's a sickness. And uh, and uh, so it's over there. And uh, I, it was when I bought it, there was like three on Reverb because I bought it off a dealer off Reverb. There was like three on Reverb for sale, period. So... I don't know. Like I said, it was interesting information, but, but since we're going down that road, we got to go down this road. Guess what? <laughs> As you guys know, I'm going to tie this together. As you guys know, I reviewed, I reviewed, I interviewed uh, John Petrucci and I, in the interview, he said, what did he say? He said, uh, he quote unquote said that his guitar is the second highest selling signature model in history. He said that in the interview. And of course, it got picked up by Guitar World and a bunch of other publications. And a lot of people were in shock about that. And I guess apparently Ernie Ball uh, has also came out and said, yes, that information is correct. So again, they're saying that they agree with his statement, that it's not a misstatement by any means. What's funny about that is, is that after all this happens, <laughs> you know, a couple of days ago, this article hits, which is, again, we'll get to it in a second. Uh, Reverb, when they put out their list of the top 20 selling guitars, the PRS Silver Sky outsold all USA-made Fender Stratocaster models on Reverb in 2021. Now, just just to tell you, this is funny. A friend of mine texted me when the article with uh, Petrucci came out saying, hey, they quoted your interview and they're saying, you know, hey, his model, you know, is the second highest selling and they, said, and they said, you know, no one can believe that. And I said, yeah, it's very crazy. And what's funny was because everybody was saying Steve I is the number one seller. Petrucci is the number two. As you guys know, Ralph, uh, my buddy Ralph, Ralph had me in stitches because he said, well, 
he goes, maybe just Petrucci's a march marketing genius because if you say it, you know, fake it till you make it. If he says it now with all this controversy, maybe it will be. But that was just all unjust, you know, and just be funny. But what's funny was I just told my friend, I said, you know, I'm not really shocked by it. And of course, I explained why. I said, in fact, in two to three years, I could see John Mayer's being the third highest selling of all time. And then what's funny is this comes out that the Silver Sky beats Fender US Strat sales. Now, there's a little trick to this article, and here's why. We want to go into the stats, and I have them right here. The number one selling Fender guitar, our number one selling guitar on reverb for 2021 is the Fender Player Telecaster. That makes sense. Made in Mexico Telecaster, and then the Stratocaster. That's important. Here's why this is important. That is not the norm. Okay. Now it's been trending that way for years. Tellies over strats. But as you guys know, it's always been strats over tellies. Always, 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 always. And that tells you something. We're changing as a guitar community. The tellies dominating, obviously, because it's been dominating slowly year after year after year. And then now to see it pretty much flat out win. So what you have is you have Defender, Main Mexico, Player Telly, number one, strat, number two. Then number three, all-time guitar sales. PRS Silver Sky, John Mayer crazy but what's crazy is i can't believe <laughs> i can't believe that they put the title of that article as you know uh silver sky outsells american fenders that doesn't blow my mind as much as this silver sky outsells number four squire affinity telecaster it beat out a squire <laughs> right then number five is the american professional two stratocaster which is why they're saying the silver sky beats it the PRS SE24, number six. Number seven, Fender American Professional 2 Telecaster. So interesting, right? I thought this was interesting. I don't know about you guys. Think about what they're saying. They're saying that the Telecaster at Made Mexico outsells the Made Mexico Strat, but the Made USA Strat outsells the Made USA Telecaster. Again, interesting. Then we go into Gibsons. Gibson Les Paul Standard 60s and 50s. Again, interesting not, not to think about this. They're outselling Epiphones at least on the reverb platform, 60s outsells 50s. I think that's the norm. That's always been the norm that I've seen. Number 10, ESP LTD EC1000. Number 11, Squire Affinity Series Stratocaster. Number 12, Fender American Standard Stratocaster. So obviously that's almost all in the used market because they haven't made the standard in many years. Then you have number 13, PRS CE24. Again, this is something important to understand. Top 20 guitars, the CE24 is a $2,500, $2,200 bolt-on PRS USA. Number 14, Fender American Professional Series Strat. So that's the older one versus the newer one. Then, of course, the Fender American Ultra Telecaster. Again, in the U.S. series, Strat's beating Tellys, but in the Mexican series, Tellys beating Strat's. Squire J. Mascus Jazzmaster, right? That threw me for a loop, too. Squire Classic Vibe 60s, Fender American Stratocaster, Gibson Les Paul Classic, Fender Strat, uh, Standard Stratocaster. So 98 to 2005. Interesting list. What's interesting too is notice uh, there wasn't any Music Man's in that list. There wasn't any of the Petrucci gu guitars. So again, interesting there that they, they, you know, that he's got a hot selling guitar, but it's not in their list. And again, this is their reverbs list, but this is new and used product because they're just going by SKUs by probably the description code. So it was really interesting information as in the ideas that, um, and then Andrew said, so I don't want to get sidetracked, but Andrew's saying, is this ranking in dollars or units sold? I am not 100% sure, but I am 
pretty sure this is units over dollars. They're going by SKUs, number of units. Because, yeah, the, the dollars would be a wacky thing to go off of. I don't think they're going off that because, obviously, um, that would be really, really weird. <laughs> but it would also slightly start making more sense. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going off units. Um, so interesting. Now I'll tell you what I wasn't shocked by. I wasn't shocked that the silver sky did so well. I told you guys this story many times when the silver sky came out, I just started doing YouTube and I hated mentioning and talking about that guitar. I hated on the live shows. Anytime I come up, cause every time I come up and everybody was just the, just, it was such a volatile subject to talk about. Everybody was just like, yeah, you know, you know, negative. And what happened was when it came out and when it finally came out, because remember they released it and it came out and then it became their top selling guitar and, and it just took off like a rocket. That was my first lesson that maybe I shouldn't listen to what the Internet says <laughs> because the Internet was like, this is stupid and it's never going to sell. And then all of a sudden it's like PRS is number one selling guitar. And that's not PRS saying that I've been to the factory twice since the John Mayer guitars. I've been in the factory and I've said this many times. If you go into the PRS factory, it looks like John Maryland in there. Um, I have pictures. I have tons of pictures. I would gladly share with anyone. It is literally just mountains and mountains of John Mayer guitars being made. So, you know, same with Music Man. It's like half the Music Man factory that's guitars, not basses, is John Petrucci models. So it's something to think about. You know, that's that's a big driver. Funny part about this that ties in together is I don't know if we could ever get him to tell us. But you know who probably could, because a lot of people go, you know, do you really think that John's guitar is outselling Vi's? And I said, I don't know. But I said, I know who probably does know. It's Larry DiMarzio. Because <laughs> he's, right? Because if you think about it, he's selling pretty much all the pickups to those, for those, both those guitars. Very, very, uh, so he would know. He would be able to go into his database and say, this is how many, you know, Vi pickups versus uh, Petrucci pickups that we sold would be able to probably give you a best, the best information. But I wanted to share this with you one, cause it's fun, <laughs> but two, it's because it's interesting to see that maybe there is a change coming. Right. Um, and, um, and keep in mind what was also interesting about this is John Mayer, the silver sky still doesn't have an import edition ad- yet, yet, not as of right today. And, um, and, uh, Aaron Short says, please interview John Mayer. That would be great. I don't think that will ever happen, <laughs> but I, I, I would love to, I would love to, um, you never know. Maybe, maybe if I could ever get a chance to interview him about gear, like I've been doing with these other musicians, um, it would probably be when the SE comes out, uh, cause you know, maybe they want to promote it. Maybe he'll be willing to do it. I don't know. He doesn't really, you know, it, it's, you know, it's tough. But yes, Aaron, I would love to. And just talk about his guitar and stuff. So, uh, but uh, uh, anyways, interesting stuff. Like I said, I thought it was interesting because the data really wasn't in line with anything I think a lot of us thought. <laughs> and I can't really, uh, can't really think of a reason reverb would have to mislead anybody there's no agenda there this is and uh, a lot of a lot of people can tell you that uh, if you sell a lot on reverb especially if you're a company um, reverb sends companies like keely and all kinds of companies information letting them know how much sold for the year so they just have the information so really interesting stuff like i said who knows but i was going to tell you and then i'll jump to the next subject i was going to tell you on the conversation of uh, petrucci 
when that came up and everybody's like, I can't believe he's saying he has the number, you know, the second highest selling guitar, you know, over Vi. What I was thinking about was, you know, he's been with Music Man for 20 years now. And it's really, this is just a thought. It's just a thought, guys. When Vi started with the gym, they were very expensive. And a lot of us were young and just wanted them but couldn't afford them. You know what I mean? Most of the players that wanted a gym couldn't afford them until much later. Different than Petrucci, when he started with Music Man 20 years ago, 20 years ago, the players that, you know, because Dream Theater comes out in 1989. So if you think about this, you know, if you're in your late teens in 1989, okay, when he starts with, in, in 2000, basically, with Music Man, you know, that's that's after college for a lot of people, you know, after they got their first real job. And maybe they were in the position to buy more of his guitars. That could be a thing. And then now they've had this last 20 years as more more buyers with more cash-ready capital to spend is basically what I'm going on. It's just a thought. So there you go. I don't know. Interesting stuff. I'm sure we'll talk about it more and more. But we have some questions. And we still have uh, – we still have – what do we have? We have questions today. Um, we have a question from Greg who says, Hey, Phil, on the last show, you were kidding about uh, being guitar addicts. I know I caught that too. <laughs> I mean, of course I caught it. I said it, but I remember when I was indexing it, I was like, I couldn't believe I said that. So this made me wonder how much money has been spent on guitars and gear as a result of your videos must be millions. Seriously. Um, what I can tell you is, is in the affiliate links that I have, uh, used since I've been on YouTube. I put affiliates, obviously, in the videos, uh, links. Um, I have sold millions with almost every link. Uh, and that's not an exaggeration. So uh, almost every single affiliate link I have ever used has at least sold a million dollars worth of product. And that's not me. That's just, you know, you guys. <laughs> and then the links generate that stuff. So here's what I do know. And so, you know, and there's more than that, too. There's what's also called trackable links. Remember, not every link pays me uh, a commission. You know, a lot of us YouTubers will get a commission if you buy something from those links and stuff. As I've explained the links many times on this show and will continue to explain it anytime you guys want to know how they work. But... um some of the links are just given to you by, you know, a company for tracking purposes. They just want to know if, you know, working with you works. And um, I'm usually pretty strong at, uh, at uh, you know, at, what am I pretty strong? I'm usually pretty aggressive about getting that information from them afterwards because I always want to see how I did and what I said and did that work and what, what conveyed and how did it all work out. And in almost every case that I've ever gotten information back, it was really impressively crazy how much stuff was sold. Like I was always taken back by it. There's probably not one time where I didn't go, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. Um, so yes, millions of dollars worth of stuff on one channel. And there's hundreds, if not thousands of us channels out there now generating lots of capital. In fact, I really I really urge you guys, if you are even a small fan of this channel, I've done a bunch of these interviews uh, with these artists and a lot more coming, by the way. On Sunday will be Sammy Bowler, very young artist, very cool, great conversation. But I have a, a, a um, an interview with Michael Angel Badio that I'll be releasing in probably about a week. That conversation of all the conversations I've had, which I've now had about a dozen conversations, 
that was, I think, the most connected two musicians, and I barely call myself a musician in that equation, one musician and one person on a podcast had about this industry and 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 how I think social media is really affecting the market. And it was really it was really cool conversation. It was my favorite conversation um, because of that that conversation. So I urge you to watch that. I think it was most enlightening. In fact, it was the only one I've ever made my wife watch. <laughs> uh, Ryan says, I hope you, they give you good commissions, Phil. Here's what I could tell you. They are, I'm very lucky. We're all very lucky. Anybody who has these commissions, very lucky to get them. Um, you know, this gig is great. Uh, I I'm, I'm thankful for it. It's very stressful. <laughs> like any, hey, if any, every job's stressful. I don't care what you do. It's very stressful. And sometimes you have to take into account that sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. In other words, when you make a video, sometimes that video pays you a thousand, sometimes it pays you sixty-eight dollars for the fifteen hours of work it took, and you never know what's going to pay out. And those those commission like payouts really help when you put out a video and the video doesn't produce a whole lot of views, but maybe fifty people clicked on a thing, and next thing you know, you got a hundred and thirty dollar check coming from your affiliates, and you're like, okay, hundred and thirty dollars plus sixty-eight dollars. Now we're talking two hundred bucks. You know, 200 bucks is a, is, a, is a legitimate amount of money. That being said, so I want to be very clear that I'm thankful to have them. But since I've been doing this, I have had those fees slashed and slashed and slashed again. Next year, they'll probably pay me less than they pay us now. They cut our fees constantly. That is just the, uh, that's just the way. <laughs> this is the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the Mandalorian, right? This is the way. If I love it. Every time the Mandalorian said, this is the way. I always thought that's like a very corporate thing to say. Like, why are we doing this? This is the way. Uh, the corporate way is to cut costs constantly. And uh, YouTubers are costs. <laughs> I'm, I have no delusions that the future of this, uh, of this uh, endeavor that I've in, embarked on with you guys making content is that next year I will make less. Uh, you just continually have to do more to make the same. That's how it works, unless you get lucky and you knock it out of the park and you become some huge YouTube sex success, which I swear to God, I'm not kidding. I hope that never happens to me because, um, no, <laughs> I barely, I could barely tolerate getting in front of the camera now. All right. So, uh, so, um, um, hold on. Sorry. I'm just reading some comments here. We'll be right back. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little, you mean? Yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying. Oh, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. We all artists, man. We go you feel me? We going to have this like Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit right now. I got lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I got lie, don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit serious. And I'm trying to see. Yeah, sixty cycle. Steve uh, said uh, Amazon made huge cuts mid 2020 that screwed a lot of people. They cut, yeah, they cut us ninety percent. Uh, Amazon cut. 
uh, your affiliate rates, they have a fancy way of explaining it, but it's, let me tell you, it was, it was out 85, it was in the mid 80%, 90%. They cut the rate that they were paying us 90% right as the boom happened. Um, to give you a concept, I, I love saying this cause it's, it's like, great. I don't have to tell you my personal business, but at least it translates very well in a, in a where really, uh, visual may way, right. In other words, it'll impact you. Uh, in 2020, Amazon cut my affiliate rates almost 90% across the board. And at the end of 2020, when I got my tax forms from Amazon, I made $25 more. In other words, I made everything I made that in 2019, the same amount in 2020. So whatever I made in 2019, I made the same amount in 2020 plus $25 more after they cut my rates 90%. So you can imagine what happened if they didn't cut all our rates. We would have made a fortune. Ah, fortune's exaggerating. Would have been nice. Would have been nice. Could have went to, well, you can't go anywhere now, but I could have went somewhere with it. <laughs> So yeah, it's like I said, it's just part of the game, man. Like I, I always, I always think about um, like this podcast, these questions. I always thought about doing a uh, like maybe a YouTube only one, uh, where all the questions have to be framed about how YouTube works and how this all works. Um, uh, I think it'd be fun, and uh, and just so you know, I think it'd be fun. I don't know what you guys will think of it, but I can tell you this: I have made a nice little side business teaching this to companies, <laughs> you know, and how YouTube works and at least for a little while until obviously everybody will get savvy to how you, you survive on YouTube. I'm sure. Um, Spencer's question is, do you still feel that with in the PRS core models that the Paul's guitar is the best in the bunch? You mentioned that in the comparison video with the SE. Thanks for your great content. Yes. Absolutely. When I, when I did that video, so what he's talking about guys is when I did the PRS Paul's guitar, uh, they asked me to do that video. They sent out an SE and a core and they had me AB them. And I thought the SE was fantastic, but I said in that video, the core was amazing. And it was my favorite PRS sounding playing guitar ever. The reality of that was they actually offered that guitar to me as a deal. In other words, uh, PRS said, hey, if you want to keep that core, we can give you a special accommodation pricing, which would have put it, it was a new guitar, obviously, would have put it at a, just above or around what I would pay for one used. So really good deal, especially back then before the, you know, everybody was asking crazy stuff for used. And the problem was I wasn't a big fan of the color, the red. Um, I'm not into the red PRS guitars. I, no particular reason why I don't dislike red, <laughs> nothing like that. I just didn't want one. And so what happened with that guitar was I didn't want that color. And then I became very paranoid because I liked that guitar so much. And that's the worst thing that can happen to you on a channel like this. When you review a piece of gear that you don't get to keep, when you fall in love with it, it's very scary because you're it leaves and you're like, I need to get another one. And you guys know how this works. You pick up that guitar in the store and you absolutely love it. You go home and order online and then it's not the same. So I didn't want to order one that was not, you know, now that the expectation is set there. So that's what ended up happening that leveled, you know, that rolled into eventually getting the hollow body, which is what I went for. The hollow body, I'm happy I got it and I have a lot of reasons for justifying that craziness at the time. But I believe that Paul's guitar is better and I probably would have been happier if I bought that Paul's guitar and just, just tolerated red. <laughs> Cause like I said, it's like, not that I dislike red. I just didn't want it, but yes. So to answer your question, yes, I think the Paul's guitar is just, it's the guitar. It sings, just has a beautiful tone to it. 
Dan uh, says uh, he bought a B52. B52 is the uh, company that used to make amps and PAs. Uh, he's talking about the amp, 100-watt tube amp. He bought it for 30 bucks. Yep. <laughs> That's great. That sounds about right. 100-watt tube amp on an off-brand for 30 bucks. The amp turns on, but there's absolutely no sound, and the tubes seem fine. Is there still hope for it? I'm out 30 bucks. Well, I mean, come on, 30 bucks. I mean, it looks cool just for 30 bucks. I don't know if I could, you'd be too nervous about that. Um, you know, I don't know what to tell you. What I can tell you is, is that, uh, I don't know what they go for. Here's the, here's the way I would proceed if I was you. Um, I would find out what the value of that amp is working. So hopefully it's like 150 bucks, 200 bucks, something like that. And then see if you can take it to a local amp tech and find out what it costs to diagnose the problem and then see if that mathematically makes sense. Because this is an interesting subject that's come up. And one of the things that happens is with these inexpensive amps, there's constant discussion about uh, like Blackstar. um, Who's another one? Blackstar, the Ignator stuff, of course, the the inexpensive stuff, the B-52 stuff, the Behringer stuff, which is more Bujera, Bujera. And what happens when they break? And the reality, in my experience, when inexpensive stuff breaks it's trash because it never makes sense financially to fix it i've had this discussion so many times amp i'm not an amp guy i'm not an amp repair guy i don't i don't want to come across like i know anything about amp repair but i have found amp repair does not operate too different from guitar repair in the idea that if you bring me a 1990 no, uh, series 10 guitar, right. Uh, that you paid $16 for at a yard sale. And I quote you $106 to fix it. You're not going to, you're not going to let me fix it. You're going to tell me, thanks. You're like, Oh, thanks. I I just wanted to know. (laughs) Hey, by the way, I'm not making fun of that. We're all just curious by nature. I just always laugh because that is how people say it to me. Every time I give a quote and they, they don't want to do the repair. They always go, okay, I just wanted to know. And I'm like, okay, you know, (laughs) just, it's like, it's what you say. But my point is, uh, same thing with that amp. You know, you knew, I, I'm assuming, look, when you bought that amp for 30 bucks, you knew you were throwing the crapshoot, right? Here's what I would tell you. 30 bucks into it, you know the rules. Uh, you know, if you touch any of the capacitors, you're going to have a bad day. <laughs> so uh, there's some tricks on that, right? Like I said, you could sit on one hand. That's the best trick out there. And uh, also make sure you know where the capacitors are in that amp. That can juice you. Unplug it, take it apart, look at it. I mean, this is an opportunity for 30 bucks, man. What could you go? What? 30 bucks? 30 bucks is like, I don't even know what 30 bucks is anymore. It's like 30 bucks is like, you could take, it's like McDonald's now, right? It's like a meal at McDonald's for four people. I don't know. 30 bucks, not a lot. Is what I'm saying. So you have 30 bucks. I wouldn't take that 30 bucks and say, let's see if you can fix it yourself. That's what I would do. Uh, take the opportunity. Or like I said, try to find a tech that maybe if they have a reasonable diagnostic fee, you can get in and out, you know, and, and maybe see if it's worth fixing. But it's a slippery slope. But I would definitely, I would see this as an opportunity. Anytime you, you buy something inexpensive like this where you don't want to throw it in the trash because I, I agree with that 100%. But also, you're not into it heavy. Well, maybe it's a time to learn. I have no idea what could be causing it not to work. That's the problem. The problem with amps like that is, is they can burn up. You know what I mean? The tubes can still work, but something burns up in those things. There's just, that's what happens when they make inexpensive parts. They don't, they burn up. 
So there you go. I, I don't know if that's going to be helpful advice, but that's what I would do. Uh, Mike says, hey, Phil, uh, what do you think of the VG Stratocaster? Uh, and uh, didn't didn't get much love. I have an American-made one. Sounds great with the magnetic pickups and and a passable acoustic modes in a pinch. Great alternate tunings also. So what he's talking about is the the, the Fender VG Strat uh, and um, Victor Golf is a guitar that came out probably in the mid-2000s, 2006 to 2008, 9, somewhere around there, somewhere around there. And it was made in the USA, which is the one he probably has, but I don't know because there's two. Oh, American made. Yes. So they came out with it. And what it was, was like Fender's attempt at doing what uh, Line 6 was doing. So it was a, a, a real American standard Stratocaster that also had the ability to be everything American Stratocaster had. So three pickups, everything works. Flip a switch, and now you're in electronic mode. And electronic mode would be virtual guitar tone. So you get a virtual uh, a Gibson sound, a virtual uh, Fender Strat sound, a Tele sound, I think. I can't remember. But also you had an acoustic sound, like maybe two acoustic sounds, and then some alternate tunings. And it was all electronic, so it wasn't physical like robot Gibson guitars. The tunings would only be heard amplified, so you'd have to play the guitar amplified. Um, it was a very cool guitar, and it did not sell very well at, for a long time. It sold, sold really exciting for a short period of time, and then died off very soon because a lot of players aren't looking for a lot of technology in there strat or gibson as we learned uh that was fender's kind of idea remember right around the same time gibson's doing the robot tuners so it's the same concept and the idea that the the market's just not ready for that the problem is i think it was the execution that was wrong again like gibson's robot tuners this is my cr critique of that the same thing gibson well, let me stop and back up. Usually when you release a top, a new product, you do want to go from top down. In other words, you want to release the high-end product, and then after that sells a little while, then you release in a more affordable product. In this case, I would have gone the opposite way. Fender, or Gibson, I would have never released the robot tuners on Gibsons. I would have put them on Epiphones first. Let the market kind of get a taste of it. Like I said before, a robot tuning guitar, Epiphone Les Paul, you know, something I could buy for $6.99, tunes itself i think every gibson player would have the epiphone version and be saying things like i oh, take it to my gig and it's like all my tunings and it's kind of fun right and it's pretty good it's almost as good as my les paul <laughs> right <laughs> and then fender should have done the same thing with a made in mexico version same thing you'd have all these guys going okay i take my tele to gigs and i take a vg strat and that gets me all my other sounds the problem with the american one was it was kind of expensive and for a lot of players the expensive guitar has to be their main guitar what ended up happening, so you know, was later Fender obviously ditched that idea. And then Roland, because that's who made the technology through the VG. That's what the VG stands for. It's the Roland VG technology. Uh, Roland uh, put out a, a made Mexico version. In other words, what they did is they ordered a crap ton of them from Fender and then they distributed and sold them. So that's why if you have one out there watching the show, you might have a USA one or a made Mexico. The made Mexico came later. And like I said, that would have been great. The problem is, I think, like I said, the failure was the execution was backwards. By that time, here's here's the problem with that, <laughs> the way I remember it. When the Made in Mexico ones came out, the real issue was, because of the inflation and time of, of things, by the time the Made in Mexico ones came out a few years later, they were selling new for what you could get the used or what people remember paying for the USA one. So to them, it was still expensive guitar. That's why I think. So to answer your question... Uh, I'm sorry, Mike. Mike, uh, it was a great guitar. I thought it was really cool. And I think it should have been 
kept going, and I think it should still be going today. However, I think it was, again, poor execution, and, uh, you know, and I liked it. I owned one, so, you know, I had a USA one for a long time, and I don't even remember why I got rid of it. It wasn't for any negative reasons. I didn't have any issues with it. Just one day, you know, it was probably the least guitar of the bunch I liked, and it went off to get some other guitar in. So, but it's cool guitar. You should... You should enjoy it. You know, actually, I don't know if you know this. Robert Baker, I'm pretty sure, still has one. Robert Baker, the YouTuber, ha- has one. I seen it on his channel once about a year or two ago, I thought. I thought. So he probably still has it. Uh, Nedmondo says, hey, Phil, is it a bad idea buying a used $450 to $500 guitar Epiphone online from a private citizen? <laughs> I like that you put citizen. It's very... So I, I, got you. I get where you're going with this. Uh, and I have it shipped. What should I consider and, and be asking about? Um, well, I'm assuming obviously, cause you're paying me a super chat in, uh, I don't know the currency S E K K R 50. So you're obviously not in the U S U S is different. So it's a different market. So it's hard to speak on your markets and sales and how, what your laws are and how it interacts. What I can tell you right now, if you're nervous about buying used guitar in this current market, and again, I gotta, I'm, a, I'm in the U S market. So a lot of this is going to be based on my experience in the U S market. Right now, I'm finding better deals on new gear than used gear. So unless I'm finding a smoking deal on used gear or something I just can't find new, period, I'm not buying used right now. Um, I think the used prices have been steadily coming down. The market seems like it's been relaxing consistently now for the last couple months. It definitely seems that way. Uh, Reverb has more inventory than I've seen in, in, in a year. Uh, stores have more inventory online than I've seen recently. And... And I, I mean, the smaller stores, the bigger stores seem to still be out, but seems like you're seeing more and more inventory. Now, a lot of you guys, so you understand when I say this, it's also a perspective thing. If you're out there looking at $300 guitars and you're like, there's none out there. Yeah, I'm seeing that too. But in the $1,000, dollars dollars $5,000 range, I'm not saying I'm in that price bucket, but I am looking at the price bucket. That's where I dream. I like to dream up. <laughs> so I, I look at it, guitars I can't afford more than I look at guitars I can afford. 10 to 1, and I've always been that way, just <laughs> just because I, you know, when I look at nice cars, I don't look at the cars I can afford. I look at the guitar, the cars I can't afford. Same with the guitars. So um, in the high-end guitars, they're definitely slowing down. You can see more and more of them stock, better deals on them, new and used. And that's probably because that's how, like, again, I just said it earlier, top down, right? You see things slow in a market. It goes from the top down. In other words, the expensive stuff slows down first. So in your case, I would consider if you have the ability to look at new and see if you can get a deal, especially right now, you got the retailers are going to be, in a lot of cases, excited to move some product. I, I know they're all like, hey, there's no product out there. That's true in some cases, but trust me, they want to move product. Just a thought, again, just, just a thought. Um, speaking of that, this is a good time to segue. I put a link. Can I share it? I think I can. I put a link uh, in the video uh, today in the link, and it says "Real Black Friday Deals." And then it says underneath that it says "These deals. These deals are at all dealers." And I said I use Sweetwater. I use Sweetwater obviously because if you click that link, I'll get like anywhere between I think one to four percent or something like that. I get a percentage, right? I say I think because when I look at what they pay me, it's always variated, right? So, I'd, but what I'm going to tell you is those deals that I put in that link are not Sweetwater deals, even though I put a Sweetwater link. That's why I want to be clear. These aren't Black Friday deals like the retailers are giving you. Um, and I'm going to share it with you. Let's see if I can go here. Hold on. Give me a second. 
because I want to share this with you because I think I've told you the guys this before, which is funny that I closed the shop. I haven't had the shop now since 2017. <laughs> okay. And no matter how many emails I send to manufacturers, which I haven't sent any in like a year or two, cause I'm done. Um, and I, because they send me stuff as a dealer and I go, I'm not a dealer anymore. <laughs> And in this industry, you know, no one gives a crap. So, uh, so anyways, what I'm trying to say is I'm, I still get every, I still get every dealer email every day from every manufacturer and I carried pretty much all of them. So, uh, so anyways, uh, here's what I want to show you. Let me go to this. Okay. So see, it says gear on sale for real. That's mine. I created that link. These are not Sweetwater. Let me, let me move here so you can see. These are not Sweetwater deals. What it is is Behringer. Um, uh, Behringer and TC sent this out to dealers. They're, uh, made some deals on some pedals. So you can look here and if you want to buy from Sweetwater, great. If not, I could care less. Just buy from whoever you trust. Right. But, uh, a, a TC feed, uh, a mini delay pedal for 69 bucks is a good deal. Um, the dark matter 59 bucks. That's a pretty good deal. That's a good pedal. I reviewed that pedal. Um, this ditto mini is cool, but this one, this ditto, I still use this every day. I love it. 69 bucks. I don't know what they're going for used, but there you go. Um, and I know some of this is their bonus back bucks and stuff, but like I said, you can buy from them or check it out. Um, everything that boutique amp distribution has is on sale. So all the Wampler pedals are like 30% off or whatever. And then if you look the, the, uh, Bogner pedals, the Friedman, but somebody asked me a question at the beginning of the show about a great attenuator for the price. The Tone King attenuators are some of the best attenuators out there. And this is a legitimate discount. So, you know, this right here, see, uh, these on sale, like 395 to 335. So there you go. It's a legitimate discount on these. If you're thinking about getting one and the person was asking me, uh, what attenuator would I recommend? Uh, this is one of the ones I would recommend. Um, if you have, if you can do 30 Watts, this is going to be a lot, <laughs> you know, this is going to be a lot cheaper than this guy. Um, let me go back. Um, in that comment, it said price doesn't matter. So that's, <laughs> I'm showing you guys, some of you guys are going to be like 700 bucks. Um, but for an attenuator, I, I, I think they make great ones and uh, they're readily available. So I just thought I'd share that with you. Like I said, feel free to check that out if you want. Um, but I got those emails about a week ago from the company saying, hey, they're, they're, they're lowering maps. That's what that is. They brought, back the, they brought down the map pricing those brands did for the, uh, for the Black Friday weekends and stuff. Uh, so, so this is just stuff you should be able to find. So like I said, if you want to do Sweetwater, great. If not, if you want to support, uh, uh, you know, like... Uh, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, Flipside Music uh, uh, and stores like that definitely support the smaller stores too. I mean, obviously that's great, but any of those dealers, they'll ha- they should be able to match those prices if they carry the product because the map was reduced. So I just thought I would share with that with you because it's always nice when it's not like, that's all like, I think that's called cool stuff that I would actually buy. <laughs> so sometimes the Black Friday deals are a little, last couple of years have been a little shaky, right? They've been like, it's either stuff you don't want or it's not a, it's a fake discount. Like it's normally $99 on sale, $99. You're like, wait, that's the same. Okay. Andrew K says, Hey Phil, what are your thoughts on the Gibson Tony Iomi pickups? Uh, I think they'll ever uh, go back into production. I don't know. I just remember that for a while when you're a Gibson dealer, they made you take those. Well, they didn't make them take you, take them. They, you had an accessory buy-in. It was, and they never had any accessories in stock except for those Tony Iommi pickups. That's what I remember. It's like I and every Gibson dealer I knew had tons of Tony Iommi pickups. Great pickups. 
that's not not a dig against the pickups. Just I'm sure that made it to where a lot of dealers don't want them right now. You know what I mean? It's weird how that works. That'd be my guess. So will they bring them back? I don't know. Remember, it only matters on sales for those, you know, for those companies. If they sold, they'll bring them back. If they don't sell, they don't bring them back. Uh, Jeff says, Phil, I decided to spruce up my my boring looking guitars, new pick guards, pickup rings, knobs, etc. Found some wild stuff. What is the craziest, wildest cosmetic mod that I've done? Any uh, that I've refused. You know, this question comes up a lot and I should start making some canned answers. Like in other words, I should like sit and dream up like all the stuff that happened back in the days. Like, you know, what happened? But I can never think of stuff. Like I remember, I know I get weird requests over the years, but to be honest with you, most of the stuff, I guess in my mindset is most of the times when the requests are strange, it's usually the only pushback or information I want to give them before we proceed is like a caustic, you know, like, Hey, you know, if you do this, there's no going back and this is what's going to be worth. Um, but that's not, you know, I mean, that's not super crazy. So I don't know. I know this, I went through, I'll tell you a personal story with me. I did go through a phase, like a lot of us that I really regret where I decided that every guitar I had had to have some kind of like that purple guitar behind me with the green pickups. Every guitar had to have some crazy looking colored pickups and you buy those and man, is that a way to lose a lot of money? <laughs> Cause what you learn is when you buy those hot pink pickups and those crazy, you know, blue and purple pickups and all that stuff. And you put them in those guitars. If you don't keep that guitar, when you sell a guitar, you can't put the keep, leave the pickups in there cause you won't get anything for them. So you take them out, put the original pickups back and selling off those crazy pickups sometimes is the hardest thing to do. So uh, that's the only thing weird for me I've done, but otherwise nothing, nothing super crazy. Um, you know, the it's not crazy. That's why I said it's not exciting. The thing I've been asked, the thing I get asked and have been asked in the past the most to do, the most, the absolute most, that I always have to kind of push back and like not push back and say no, just kind of push back and go, okay, are you sure? Let me, before we go down this road, which is sanding off the necks, sanding the material off the necks. A lot of people bring in and have me sand the finish off of a neck. And no matter how, how you do it, you understand you're really tanking the value of that guitar for the resale. And that's not, so, you know, that's not, um, uh, something I think you should care about or not care about. I just think I need to make sure, you know, because <laughs> sometimes people don't know. They just, just, you know, they just don't know. They are like, they just assume, you know, like, oh, I'd, why wouldn't somebody want a custom 24 where I took the finish off the back of the neck or, you know, our Gibson Les Paul. Actually, Les Paul's them in the scariest because you take the finish off the back of the neck. And as you know, you know, imagine right now you're looking at a $3,000 used Gibson Les Paul where somebody sanded all the finish off the back of the neck. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you got to tell them. Um, Tim says, excited to start a vacation week. Thanks for the kicking it off, Phil. Hey, it's awesome. I'm, I'm excited for you as a vacation. I think I need a vacation. I think I told you guys we didn't go go on vacation this year. Our vacation was the week my wife's uh, foot got fractured, so we couldn't go anywhere. It's been a we've been had a run of bad luck the last <laughs> last few weeks, a couple months. Um, it's not horrible. Like I said, you know the great thing in life is if if you know you guys know if you're lucky enough to have your family be safe and healthy, that's enough and. 
I've had enough, you know, we've all, a lot of us have had enough really bad things to know when things are really bad versus bad. Eh, we've had some hiccups the last few months. So, uh, um, maybe, maybe I'll take a vacation. I'm, I'm trying to take the last week of the year off. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. That's my, that's my goal. That is my goal. Uh, Pablo says, Hey, happy belated veterans day. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it says to all the, ha- and to all happy Friday, I need an opinion. Which do you feel is better? The JHS at plus. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, is that the Andy Timmons plus at uh, plus sign? Okay. Or the Wampler pinnacle deluxe V2 can't decide the app plus and the pinnacle deluxe. I've owned both. I liked both. I'd probably go JHS. Wampler pedals have, okay, so I'll tell you what I, I discovered with the Wampler and JHS pedals for myself. Wampler pedals sound great, but they are temperamental through different amps. In other words, I found like, like the Pinnacle is great. I plug into certain amps, sounds fantastic. Certain amps, it gets a little too high frequency or it's just not something I love. The JHS is more, it takes more different amps better. <laughs> it takes more different amps better. That's what I'm going to say, but go JHS. Uh, Gil Lamb says, Phil, happy Friday. Awesome state video. Thank you. He's talking about the, uh, I did the um, uh, 50 states video. You know, um, I'm glad you asked, uh, uh, Gil. uh, Thank you for mentioning it Um, because I really wanted to talk about this. There's a lot to that video. I wasn't sure if I should put certain things in the video. I didn't edit anything out of it. I just didn't know if I should add this. You know, what's funny about that video was, um, I wanted you guys, and I, I want to thank every single one of you who are putting comments in that video. That's what that video is. That's the first video I probably ever did like that. That video is not really a video so much as it is an information gathering device. I made a video which is called Cool Guitars or Cool Guitar Builders in Each State. And the reason is, is I thought that would be a fun video to talk about all these builders. And the reason is, is because I wanted to compile a, a, a database, which I have on an Excel sheet now, of all these builders and guitars so that I can experiment with doing more than Squires or Harley Bentons or Glaries or, you know, whatever else I'm doing, <laughs> right? What's the, you know, uh, uh, Donners. You know, it's it's here's the reality of this. The reality is everybody has this opinion, and again, in the comments and in and, and, and the videos, and I I appreciate that. But the reality is the Firefly videos, the Harley Benton videos, those videos capsize every video you do. So you do a video and on, on the affordable, inexpensive brand, and it just, that video takes off and it pays dividends. Uh, you know, remember they all take the same amount of time to work. So when you work for two days and make a video and it gets 600,000 views and you take a video for two days and make and it makes 20,000 different views. It's literally a difference between like $2,000. Not that it's all about the money. I'm just telling you, you know, you, it's like a, think of it like a backwards commission. You're being paid for your time afterwards, right? Versus $68 versus 1500 to two grand. You know, what video do you want to keep making? And there's, there's no end to the, how many cheap guitar videos you can make. And so I go, okay, I'll make those. Cause that's how I kind of sprinkle this out, right? A little bit of high end, a little bit of low end, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I thought, okay, well, I want to do more independent guitar builders, but you got to know they exist. And a lot of them just kind of reach out to me and that's cool, but I wanted to kind of find them first, you know, and you can find things that I think is cool. So I made that video. And the reason I want, I'm glad you mentioned it is what I learned is a couple of things. One, finding 
no wonder a lot of those builders are not doing uh, great being found because it was very hard to find them. <laughs> in fact, I, that's why I love the comments because a lot of you guys live in those states and you're like, no, Phil, why didn't you mention this and this? Well, I'm going to tell you the answer right now. Every single person that watched that video and thought, well, I live in this state. Why didn't you mention this? I could not find them. That video, that video, and I'm not exaggerating. There's no exaggeration in this. I have at least 30 hours into that video, just in the researching on the internet alone, compiling the, because like you guys know, some of these companies, they say they exist, but they don't exist. I had to physically call them. They don't answer the phone. Um, a lot of them use technical uh, jargon to not explain what they're doing. Like we build guitars in the U.S., by importing them and then we put a pickup in them and they're made in USA. And I'm like, well, that's not a main USA builder. So it's very confusing. And so, uh, so what I thought was, okay, how do I do this? So what I did was not to mention on a side note too, every time you search like for one of these guys, all of these, all the other guys come up. Like for instance, if I try to search a, a builder in, in Connecticut right now, you should do it. Find out how true, truthful I am. Try to find a, a guitar builder in Connecticut. The first thing that's going to come up is Sweetwater, Donner, like all the things that you see on YouTube, that stuff comes up first because Google's just been, we've been all these channels like us and all the social media and all of you guys, we've been pumping that stuff. So the algorithms just, the search engines just go right to that. So you have to weed through that stuff. So what's great about this is uh, I found all the ones I could vet uh, out. And then I, I did the video and then now through the feedback from the comments, I'm building a nice database of these companies. And I'd like to see more and more of them on the channel. That's kind of what I'm after. Um, to me, if I don't, if 2000 of you watch or 1500 of you watch versus 60,000, well, fine, then you'll get a firefly video and then you'll get Bob's guitars in Minnesota. And then you, you'll get a squire and then you get, you know, Allison's guitar and you know, and, and, and Ukes, cause I think it, cause you know why at the very least, it'll sure be entertaining for me because at least I'm looking at new and interesting stuff and it'll be fun. Um, so like I said, I thought, it, I thought it'd be fun and it was really interesting and fun looking up that stuff, but the research part of it, that arm was pretty long. The editing on that video is really long. Cause you know, you gotta do all the screenshots and then you overdobe on top of it. And so that takes a while, but it was definitely the research part. It shouldn't have been that hard to research those companies, but it was. So I'm glad you mentioned it because uh, it was, um, that was definitely a video that I just wanted to make. I have a, I, as you guys know, I do a couple of those throughout the year, just videos I just want to make. I just think it was cool, something fun. So I did that. Thank you, Gil. I appreciate it. Meester says, welcome back, Phil. A bunch of us were worried something happened to you and your family. Uh, Hypido was just tech trouble. <laughs> yeah, it was just tech trouble. So again, like I said, I kind of, like I said, I felt bad. I didn't want, I knew a lot of you were concerned. Like I said, I thought about putting everything was okay. But like I said, my biggest issue with that was we really hadn't told anybody. Only the kids were told what was going on. Um, we couldn't tell my wife's parents. They live in New Mexico. It's an eight hour drive. If I would have told you guys, because sometimes, you know, my wife's parents, uh, like a lot of people, they'll, they'll see my social media. I don't do personal social media. I don't, I don't have like hidden social media. Like I have a, like my Facebook page. I have a personal Facebook. I put nothing on that thing. I don't even use it. I don't even know what's there for other than Facebook makes me have it to have the other social media platforms because they're all connected to it. So I don't really do social media. It's not connected to my channel. Um, so my point is if I put anything out to you guys, 
our, my biggest fear was my wife's parents would literally get in their truck and drive eight hours, you know, uh, and we didn't even know what we were worrying about yet. We knew something was wrong. We just didn't know what. So, you know what I mean? You guys understand. I'm sure you understand. Uh, Matthew says, uh, get better soon, Mrs. McKnight. I will let her know. Like I said, she's she was doing okay throughout the week, a little worse today, but still better. Uh, Clown of House Cats says, do you like the Olive SG thinking on getting a V? I I think I love the Olive SG. <laughs> Here's why I say think. I pulled it out of the box, or the you know the box I because I bought it used. Pull out the case. At some point, it was hanging in the back wall here. I do not like the strings that came on it. it I need to adjust it for my preference, and uh, I haven't had time to do that. <laughs> so um, the Olive SG has been sitting for the last two weeks, or whenever the, since the last time you guys saw a video where it was here. I took it downstairs. It's hanging. I have a one guitar that hangs in my family room. It's hanging in my family room. I have not played it at all. I have it on my wish list to do list this weekend as a, you know, grab it and, uh, you know, polish the frets, just make, get rid of treatment, right? You know, shoot some deoxidant and all the, the components and then put new strings on it and then play it. <laughs> but yeah, to this, to this date, I, I haven't played it, but Hey, it's been saving me money because I've almost uh, been thinking about buying another guitar and I've been looking at a couple guitars here and there. And every time I go to look at a guitar, I'm like, oh, that'd be nice. And I go, well, I haven't even done the SG yet. And then I, nah, I click out. So, um, but yes, to answer your question, I love it. I love the SGs. So, uh, Ray says, oh, by the way, that's another thing too. Other than if you guys know, I haven't been able to find any. I want to find an SG that's not Gibson. LTD makes the Viper. I haven't found anything I like in that yet because it's a little more modern take on it. I'm looking for something traditional SG. I know there's a lot of, odd brands that do it but i can't really find a whole lot of them but i and and of course nags makes a guitar called the hongo hongo or hanga they maybe the hongo it's awesome but it's just it's priced off the charts i can't do it so but i'd love to hear uh, anybody put in the comments some of the sgs that are not sgs out there i'd like to look at them uh ray says i bought an american pro bass should i add the finger rest to the pickguard or does it look like a pin pocket protector. Uh, you know what, man? Did who cares? <laughs> who cares what it looks like? Um, if it works, it works. That's all that matters. So, uh, no, if you want to put it on there, um, that stuff. I understand what you're saying, <laughs> but but again, keep in mind, I might be the absolute worst person to ask because that stuff doesn't bug me at all. Like not even having like plastic knobs on the guitar, you know, so I can see the numbers. I don't care if that looks worse than the middle knobs. I don't really, really care. I, I like the way the guitar or the bass looks, but everything else that's function for me, it's got to be function. So I'd put the uh, rest on there if I wanted it, period. So Fret Level Midnight says, hey, Phil, did you get my Guitar Crate email? I did not. In fact, I thought it was weird you didn't email me because he won the Guitar Crate, but I didn't hear from you. So Unless you sent it since like the last 30 minutes before the show started, please send it again because I did not get it. It goes to pmcknight7 at gmail.com. So, and so, you know, I look in filters. So if sometimes stuff gets filtered out, but I looked, I, well, I look in filters pretty con constantly because obviously a lot of companies that reach out to me, their stuff gets filtered as spam. So I'm pretty used to it. I didn't see anything in there too. I figured either you were like, I don't want it or you'd get to me. <laughs> um, but no, I, I hadn't seen it. 
Grumpy Mike Guitar. Grumpy Mike Guitar says, uh, for the tone jar and why not? Get well wishes for the lovely Mrs. McKnight. Oh, and thanks for the card and stickers. Oh, you, uh, she, okay. So, you, so I'm good. You guys are getting them. She, I started doing some of the stuff when she was not feeling well for the last few weeks that without her and, uh, it was moving very slow. And since she's feeling a little better this week, she was, she's been helping me a few hours a day and getting stuff out to you guys again. I'm so happy to see that. Um, you guys know if you're a patron, you know that my wife handles a lot of the patron stuff, like sending out, she's the one that makes sure that I sign the cards like I'm supposed to. And she gets all the stickers and gets all the stuff and sends it to you guys and takes care of all the shirts and custom stuff. And, and, uh, and, uh, my son and daughter have been helping too, uh, since she's been not so well. And, um, so, uh, but they've been getting so much done. I, like I said, I, I appreciate it. I will definitely grumpy Mike. I will definitely tell her cause like I said, I know she's been doing it and it's been, it's been tough. I've been making sure she's not working too hard though. Uh, old man Fran says get well soon. Mrs. McKnight, Phil change the HB on my Squire humbucker on my Squire HSS to an El Ninko five path style pickup. What would you recommend for new single coils? Um, El Ninko 5 single coils. <laughs> I, I like that. Um, I'm not a big fan of the El Ninko 2 and El Ninko 5 change. In other words, like an El Ninko 5 magnet humbucker and El Ninko 2 uh, uh, single coils. They're fine, but I find to keep it that way is uh, safe. I don't know what brand uh, PAF you have. It's just you have style. It doesn't have to be a brand, but I, I would say um, anything... Because remember, that's the great thing about the, the PAF style humbucker. You're going to have a 9K pickup to 8k somewhere around there it's not going to be a high output pickup so you don't have to worry about your single coils uh and the variance because that pickup's not going to be punching out a lot of, of a lot of volume it's not going to be a big volume jump so just go with something moderate anything vintage voiced single coil pickups you can get them anywhere on the go five vintage voice pickups and you'll get i think you'll get a great tone everything from guitar fetish to you know to fender to seymour duncan to demarzio <clears throat> excuse me uh lake sound says hey phil i picked up a yamaha vr 4000 seems like a hidden gem heard they went for 1400 dollars when they came out any experience with these uh ace is larry no i i don't I, in fact i need to i need to look because i want to see a picture interesting let me show let me show all right, this is it, right? This is what came up. I hope this is it. Let's look at one. Yep. I don't know anything about this. Um, I don't know if it was like designed by, sometimes like stuff like this is <clears throat> notoriously known for being designed by, you know, amp builders, famous amp builders. Cause, um, but no, I don't know anything about it. I'm assuming obviously it's a solid state amplifier. Looks cool. Probably going for the something like the Roland Jazz Chorus or the Twin sound. I, there's a picture of the back. Yeah, I don't know if it has tubes or not. I can't see. Here's another one. I'm going to say no. I don't see any glass hanging down from the bottom. That's a lot of output jacks. <laughs> so, very cool. I, You know what it is? Stuff like this, like you said, become hidden gems. Um, uh because of the fact that, you know, everybody's looking for the same, <clears throat> excuse me, the same amps. <coughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have a uh, honey lozenge. Hope you guys will understand. 
So very cool. Um, it's a very cool amp. I don't know much about it though. I don't, I've never seen one in person. So. Okay. Um, let's do another one. We got another question. We have, I watch stuff. <laughs> Six. Do you think no one wants Gibsons with more modern features? Uh, or, uh, I, Jaskowitz, uh, just executed poorly. Okay. So you're talking about Henry Jaskowitz, uh, so the question, the core of this question, which is a great question, is, you know, did is no one want a Gibson modern guitar or did Henry just jack it up when he did it? The answer is definitely not no one wants a modern Les Paul or a modern Gibson guitar. Okay? Not no one. The problem is, is that majority don't. The reason is, is this. Uh, you know, no one wants to see Jeep turn into a Cadillac stupid analogy, but I'm going to go with it. In other words, no one wants to ride in a Jeep Wrangler that rides like a Cadillac. That's not like the market. <laughs> okay. Somebody's looking for that car for a reason. Somebody's looking for a Cadillac for a reason. You buy a Gibson, you're looking for something with history, history and vintage vibe. You're not looking for the modern take on it. Now, are there people that are into Gibsons and the way they look and want the modern vice feel? Absolutely. I actually find myself that way. I love the idea of something, like I said, my favorite thing is something that looks vintage, but isn't in any way. Give me the modern truss rod system. Give me the modern uh, take on electronics. Give me everything modern, but make it look like it's not modern. That's the ideal guitar for me. So I love the idea of a modernized Gibson, but I am not the majority of buyers for sure. Because obviously I've talked to the majority of buyers and when you talk to them, they don't, they're not looking for what I'm looking for. So I think um, the answer is nobody, it's not that nobody wants them, it's just it's not a big market. And Henry's big mistake was shoving it down everybody's throat, obviously. Because, <sighs> you know, his, his, his idea, really, really what it was is in, in, in observing it, is it was really him going, his ego got so big, ego of Gibson, like Gibson is just so big and so cool and everybody needs a Gibson, that it got to the point where it's like, I don't care what they want. They're going to go with what I, I want. And I think I've told you guys this, but I said, I've said this before. I have this saying and it's bad ideas are infectious. I think a lot of the Gibson failure came from Apple. I think a lot of our industry's failures comes from Apple. What I mean by that, I, whether you're pro Apple or anti Apple, please don't tell me. I don't care. What I want to tell you is that Apple is very effective at forcing people to do things they don't want to do. I'm an Apple customer. Perfect example. Half the crap that Apple makes me do, I don't want to do. <laughs> okay. But they make me do it because I, for some reason, buy their products. So what I'm saying by that is Apple's successfully done that. Oh, hey, do you want to buy an extra piece to plug the piece into your piece? And you're like, no. And they're like, well, you're doing it anyways. And instead of going, well, fine, I won't buy that. I'll buy Samsung. A lot of people just go to Apple and buy Apple stuff. That's a fact, right? Everybody's buying Apple, even though Apple's making things less convenient and making everybody more nuts. That's a bad idea, but it works for them for some reason, right? It's just like when, when trending companies like makeup companies or clothing companies do something stupid, but it's the trend, it doesn't matter. Like $300 torn up jeans. $300 torn up jeans 
seems dumb, but if it's the end style, people pay for it. So Gibson, I think, followed that same bad idea idea of like, okay, everybody, it doesn't matter if they don't want it, I'm going to do it, and they're going to buy it no matter what. But what Gibson learned was they're not Apple, because very few companies are. And that's really how that works. And and why I say that the whole industry suffers from that is I've seen that over and over again. Here's a good example. So Fender and Gibson successfully sell T-shirts that say Fender and Gibson. I see companies all the time going like, oh, we're going to sell T-shirts. Like, I don't know, let's pick on Washburn. Because I like Washburn. Washburn's like, we're going to sell a line of T-shirts, hats, mugs, swag. <laughs> and then they're like, and everybody's going to buy it. And you're like, nobody's going to buy it. Because... Just because Fender and Gibson get to do it doesn't mean everybody gets to do it. Fender and Gibson live in that Harley Davidson world of, for some reason, people buy that stuff. So the same thing would happen with Gibson. They thought they could execute that idea. It failed. I I have to tell you, I like the Gibson Modern Les Pauls. That's probably, if I was going to get another Les Paul, the new Modern Series ones with the neck carve, that's the one I want. <laughs> so, so, I mean, obviously I like the idea for the modern, uh, you know, I like the modern idea for Les Pauls and Gibsons and stuff, but like I said, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the main, I don't think that's the main market. So there you go. The um, Grumpy Mike says, I'm not an Apple fan. <laughs> I tried to be, I felt they fell short. Yeah. I'll tell you, excuse me. It's once you get a tickle in your throat, it's like, I'm just done. You know what I mean? That's why I got the honey lozenges. But what's funny is, uh, and everybody, you know, I know you guys are going to give me suggestions whether I want them or not, which is fine. <laughs> I have Apple because everybody in my house, except for my son, has Apple. Um, what happened was uh, when my kids were young, uh, they jack up the computers all the time and it was costing a fortune. <laughs> So at some point, I just said, screw this, and I got everybody apples, and it all stopped, right? Uh, my son's into gaming, so he has like a fancy, glowing gaming computer with 50,000 fans, and I know nothing about it, obviously, other than his his room looks like a discotheque, and there's fans going all the time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so that's, but putting on everybody on Apple product was just really like a, a, a family thing. I don't really need it personally. It was just easier for me. Because I could buy Apple service and get it all done. And, and and whenever my daughter or my wife or anybody was like, hey, this is acting up, they could just go to the Apple Genius Bar. And I didn't have to sit there for two hours trying to figure out what their problems were. So, And now we gave Apple time on the show. So, um, Sean, what's up? Sean, Sean Brooks says, Phil didn't get... Uh, didn't get a product manager job I applied for. Should I start a band instead? Love the show. Wish your wife well. Yes, absolutely do that. 38 million Americans have quit their jobs so far this year, right? It's the largest amount of people who ever quit their jobs since like the end of World War II. That's what I read. Of course, you know, when you read stuff, some of it's true. <laughs> so, Sean, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you don't need a 401k. And you definitely don't need uh, health care if your band rocks. <laughs> uh, 
You know, I pitched this idea to my wife once. This is a true story. Uh, the week of, of uh, April Fool's, right? This year. Right before, right in the mid-March, I told my wife, I said, I have a great idea for my live show on, on the week of April Fool's. Why don't we do an episode where it has disclaimers and it would be permanently put in the video the entire time that I'm only going to give the wrong answer to every question and it will be hilarious. And my wife said, no. <laughs> I would love to know your guys' thoughts on that idea. She she didn't say no, like you can't do it. She doesn't ever tell me no like that. She told me no, like that she's like, that idea is dumb. And I'm like, okay. Um, but I thought that'd be funny, right? It would just be this show that you see every day, day, except for I would just whatever your question is, I would only give the most absolute wrong answer. So Sean Brooks, yes, uh, don't get a grill job and start a band. <laughs> Here's what's funny. I've already done that in my life, and a lot of us have at some point. So if you haven't done it, maybe you should execute on that. <laughs> it's a, it's a, <laughs> Next week, he's going to be like, Phil, I can't Super Chat ever again because my band needs money. Uh, T, I'm going to say Zizd, 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 Zizd. I have an 83 Laney Pro 2 100 watt half stack for my rock and metal sound, but I would like a vintage sounding Fender amp. What is your take on the Fender 57, 64, 68, custom, 59 basement, 65 deluxe, Princeton, any other Fender amps? No, I'm just kidding. He stops there. Uh, here's my take. The 59 basement is one of my favorite Fender amps of all time. I've owned two. I got rid of them both because they are freaking loud. They are beautiful, beautiful amplifiers. Um, they have magic in them, but the magic is when you turn them up and... They're hard to attenuate because they run only at four ohms. So you have to get a four. You got to make sure the attenuator can do four ohms, which is very rare for a lot of attenuators. And and uh, you have to wire in a jack and all that stuff. So it's a little tricky. I wish Fender would just kind of do that now, but they don't do that. Uh, so that's why I don't have a Fender basement anymore. I still love them. Deep down want them. I just know every time I buy one, I'm not going to use it. Uh, the 57, I it's not my thing. That amp, I know like Joe Bonamassa uses it. I know a lot of people, again, it's another amp. I am not a fan of the amps that have to be loud to sound good because I can't be loud. <laughs> like a lot of us, I don't have a stage. And to be honest with you, most people who think they do, do not. As we all know, if you've ever played with a member in a band who thinks he's in a louder band than he is, or she thinks he's in a louder band than she is when they're not <laughs> right. Uh, I think at some point I have not been in a band in 20 or 30 years where we used, uh, what I mean by that is I haven't been in a band at least 30 years in 30 years. That was the type of band where if you were loud, I was louder and then you're louder and then I'm louder and we just go that way. At some point, it's not even a you thing. At some point you just get like, you go, okay, that idea is just dumb, (laughs) right? Uh, It's when you watch the audience basically going, this is great. (laughs) No, it's actually not true. You ever been in a I've been in this band. You ever been in a band that's so freaking loud that slowly the audience just starts getting further from you? And the next thing you know, you see people in the hallways, like of the venue, like everybody just wants to get as far. Like it, it starts out as simple as somebody gets up to go get a beer, but then they don't walk back to the table. They stand at the bar like this, <laughs> like everybody's just because you're so freaking loud. And then you didn't know it. I didn't know it. We were that loud. We were loud. Um, so back to your, uh, uh, amps, Fender amps, uh, those are loud. Uh, so 
if that's what you want, great. It's not what I would like. Uh, so 64 is a good, uh, for like 64 Princeton's a great name. I like the 68 custom stuff and the 65. That's the way I would go. Deluxe or Princeton. I currently have a 65 Deluxe and a 68 Princeton. Princeton. I love those amps because they do exactly what I want them to do, which is be very different than each other. To me, this if I was going to pick one amp out of all of them, as much as I love my Princeton, I've been talking about it for years on the channel, my 65 Deluxe is what I keep. It's just a very, very basic Fender amp that does everything that you want it to do. And it doesn't have to be screaming loud. That's the way to go. And I only got to tell you this just because the only thing that sucks now is that it's 1500 bucks. That's just a crazy amount of money for that amp. I feel like Fender's purposely pricing their amps at almost boutique levels. It just seems like crazy. I mean, a 65 Deluxe Reaver at 1500 bucks, you're almost almost better off getting a Tone King amp at that point. And if I ever get my Tone King amp, I'll do a shootout and let you guys know. <laughs> I know. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, as you guys know. Remember, I was waiting on my Tone King amp, and then, uh, and then they had the fire and stuff, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Steven says, thank you for recommending the Fortitude and the 36, uh, 36th anniversary pickup for my Les Paul suggestions for something similar in the Strat. Why not the same thing in the Strat? I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I liked, like I said, I'm a huge fan. Fortitude six, and the the, 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 P, the 36th anniversary PAF, our PAF, because it's DiMaggio, uh, is great. The Strat, I don't know. Uh, the Thornbuckers are fantastic in Strats. Great pickups, for sure. Or just dual PAFs, PAFs from DiMaggio, or just PAFs. I hope you guys catch what I'm doing here. DiMarzio owns a trademark on the name PAF. Not PAF. He owns the trademark on the name PAF. So DiMarzio PAF is technically a PAF. He doesn't say that, but it, but when I told him that, when I thought that that day, I think he chuckled. And then i just been doing it ever since. TY says, I love my PRS SE Custom 24, especially the wide thin neck, but the coil tapped clean tones are crap. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I wish I could get close to Strat Tone, upgrade my pickups, maybe Thornbuckers, or buy a Strat. Well, if you buy a Strat, you'll definitely get a Strat Tone. So that's a pretty easy assessment. But in your case, there's a couple options for you. You can uh, put a, I don't know, it probably doesn't have a treble bleed in that guitar. You can put a treble bleed in it, and when you coil split, roll the, the volume knob a little bit backwards. That sometimes helps. You can... Definitely put in new pickups, and if you're gonna Thornbuckers are great for that for sure. I like PAF pickups and every vein of those pickups. So Thornbuckers fall in that. <clears throat> and that's why I like them. So Andrew said, thank you for answering. You're welcome. Faith says, Oh, that's funny. Faith says, Faith says, NBD, new base day. It says Squire Jag Bass, mega deal, uh, $300 AU guitar. So AUD, I'm sure it's AUD for the, the currency. Um, oh, number 24. So it's the 24th guitar and they run out of space. Thanks for enabling my skills to fix up cheaper guitars and my addiction. Like I said, you could do worse things with your money and your time. That's for sure. I'll never lose sleep. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Whenever I lose sleep, if that's what somebody says, like, oh man, you made me buy more gear or you made me play more music or you made, I'm like, yeah, there's worse things you can do with your time. I don't, I don't, like I said. All right. Hold on. How are we doing on? Oh, we're doing great on time. It's different now. <clears throat> now that the show's doing its thing. Hold on a second. Okay. So let me tell you what's going on too with my throat. <laughs> I use Ricola honey drops. The problem is <clears throat> I didn't go buy these like I'm supposed to. So these honey drops are these ones that have this, I don't know what it is, but there's some kind of menthol gel in the middle of them. So I need them because like I said, sucking on them kind of keeps everything going. But once I get to the center, it drops all this menthol in my throat. <laughs> so it's not working the way I need it to. So. So there you go. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, let's do let's do this. Let's go to Benjamin. Benjamin says, come into Tempe for the Foo Fighters. That was one of the best shows I ever saw, and I saw him when he was in his cast on the chair. Uh, St. Vincent. Oh, St. Vincent's open for them? I think when I saw Foo Fighters, was it um, Stanley Clark Jr., I think, was open for him. No, yeah, yeah. It was Stanley Clark Jr. Fantastic. He was amazing, too, but Foo Fighters. Oh, all right. Sorry, went down memory lane. Coming to Tempe for Foo Fighters and St. Vincent and my new favorite guitar player, Billy, Billy Strings Music Festival. Oh, okay. Uh, in February, uh, I'll be wearing a KYG shirt. Awesome. Let's have an Americano. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, let me know. Um, I've told you guys this before. If you guys come to my side of the world, which is Phoenix, Arizona, and you're wanna, in town to do a meetup, the best thing to do is, is this, and I can't guarantee anything. You know what I mean? I got life like everybody else, but, um, the best thing to do is email me, just say, come into town and the subject matter. And then what I like to do with you guys, if that's okay, is I'll send you my, my phone number to text. And then when you're like, you got to remind me like a day or two, like, Hey, I'm coming in town. You want to meet up, have a coffee or something like that. Sure. Of course. I know it sounds weird. It's not weird reason I say that is I've met so many great people doing this gig that it, I don't know, maybe one day I'll meet with somebody and be like, I hate you. <laughs> but most of the time, it's just a very pleasant experience. So, uh, all right. Uh, Ken Morgan says, thanks for the podcast and best wishes to your wife. Thank you so much uh, for, for the compliment. And again, thank you for the best wishes. It's really nice. Um, um, like I said, it's nice. I'll, I'm try, I'd like I said, trust me, I'll tell her every single best wish. Uh, piss poor pitch, <laughs> piss poor pitch is great. Uh, it says, would you ever consider adopting a business model similar to Trogley's? No. Um, I like Trogley's channel. I like what he's doing. I think, um, he solved a very, very good problem for YouTubers. I don't want to go down too much of a weird tear here, but here, let me explain it to you like this. This is the weirdest, like I said, it's a weird gig. You, you basically start out 
and again, everybody's different. What I mean by everybody's different is I've said this before. Guitar Samurai, Steve Guitar Samurai, very great channel. Um, uh, and I apologize if it's Samurai Guitar. <laughs> like I said, maybe I'm dyslexic. So Guitar Samurai, uh, Ty Larson, Music is Win. The reason I mentioned those two is because I've I've met them too, and they're very very talented uh, people, and they both started a YouTube channel on purpose. Okay. I'm going to be very clear with that. That's why I point them out. They're perfect examples to me of like, they were like, they had, they were younger guys that had vision and said, I'm going to be a YouTuber, I guess. That's what they told me. Like, I'm going to do YouTube. And then they did YouTube and they executed on it and they're YouTubers. A lot of YouTube channels like mine, I have no idea what I was doing. I was just putting videos on the YouTube. <laughs> I had a reason for it, but really at the end of the day, like it was all of a sudden in my world, I'm very, very clear about this. In my world, it was really, really like I got, I, and I, this is not the first time in my life this ever happened to me, by the way, which is really strange. My wife likes to point out to me. This happened to me once in my corporate America job. I ended up with a very strange job in corporate America in the same way I f found this j job or lifestyle on YouTube. I was doing something. And then one day, like the community at work was like, you're very good at that. You're, that's your job now. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right and, and um and same thing with youtube i was doing youtube and then like one day everybody's like you should do more youtube and i'm like why <laughs> and I'm like yeah you got i think in fact it just came up on my facebook <clears throat> you know memories thing um and so it's funny that it just happened um it was i had 9 million views or something i have 90 million views now on youtube like 120 million collective views across all social media platforms, but 90 million on YouTube. So I got 9 million views collectively, and it was like, you should just keep making content. I'm like, oh, all right. The reason I tell you that is you have to find your own way in this platform. There's now a more formalized way. Make a video, get paid by a company. Make a video, get paid by a company. I call it the hamster wheel. I mean no disrespect. At all. This is all hard gig. I don't want to sit here and like, you know, <laughs> lay it on thick, but it, it's a different, it's a different gig. You have to get used to people saying horrible things about you daily. Um, I mean, literally every day, all the time. I don't care what channel you are. Um, like I said, I, I'll tell everybody this. I, I have no problem discussing things unless somebody tells me not to. The first time I ever met Phil X, Phil X this is a true story. The first time I ever met Phil X was in the back of a car. <laughs> We got, I got in a car. I was in the car in the back seat. He had to get on the other back seat. Steve from Boston, if you know that channel, was in the passenger seat. And I forgot who was driving. I apologize. It was another channel. The first time I met Phil X, the first thing he said before I, I was getting ready to introduce myself, first thing he said was he started on a tirade about how some trolls were driving him nuts. <laughs> Basically. So I sat there just in shock, like, who would troll Phil X? He's like super nice, super talented. And the truth is it's, it's a, it's a, that's a part of the downside of the job. Now there's so many upsides that it hopefully balances out, but back to Trogley, what he started doing was this idea that he's going to buy a guitar, show you it, flip it and sell it. I have no interest to do that. In fact, if you notice, I very rarely sell the guitars to you guys or the guitars at all to the I mostly send them back. The majority of the stuff that's sent to me goes back to the manufacturers. Um, 
it depends on the product. Like I said, some of it I call nuisance product. Okay. What I mean by that is, and this is internally, I just say this, like packaging it back up and shipping it back. It's just not worth it. So I'll tell the company like it was, you know, it was $106 retail. Just leave it here. So that being way, uh, perfect example is Glary guitars. There's just no logic to ship that guitar back. If they ship one out, that being said, um, what was I trying to say? Oh, uh, the guitars, selling the guitars is, is a great business model for him. The problem I have is, is I don't want to maintain that. In other words, he has, you have to deal with customer service on that, right? Does it make sense? You, so that's what I look at when I look at that stuff. Um, selling guitars. I mean, you guys really don't, you don't really see it that way. Uh, I'm sure you don't see it. Cause like a lot of times you'll see guitars. I don't think you understand. Yeah. Um, how many videos are actually getting done? Even I don't, I feel like I don't do a lot of videos. Still hundreds of videos, you know, a year. So it's a lot of gear to sell and then to maintain and stuff. So like I said, somebody said like he's a dealer at this point. I think he, he is definitely a secondhand, you know, kind of flipper dealer. I don't know if he's got an official dealer like he's an official dealer at that point, but he's definitely doing it. I liked what he did. I think it's, uh, I think it's a smart idea. Um, I don't think it's a really good idea to duplicate that business model though. Does that make sense? Um, that would be my opinion. And plus not to mention my other problem with that is I had a store for 13 years, 12, 12 years. And I could have just kept the store going. Like I said, I could have, and I had employees. So I could be like, you know, <laughs> ship this guitar to this person. I could just make the content. But again, that wasn't what I was looking for. Um, I tried, and I, I want to get off this because it's kind of boring. I, I just want to tell you, I tried to do more content. Uh, I've put out a lot, if you noticed in the last week or two, a couple weeks. I try to do like a video every day, like everybody else. The problem is, is I become extremely bored after a few days of this. It's like every guitar, you start get formulaic. Like this is, oh yeah, this is red and this one's blue. I need, I need to be excited about stuff. And so I need that. I need time away from this environment. So like I said, which is why we do this Friday talk. It's a great way to just hang and talk. Ellen says, if I bought a guitar from you, Phil, I would frame the sucker. Well, what I did think about doing, remember we tried it beginning of this year, which was I would buy guitars mod them up and sell them. I really like doing that. That was, uh, in my opinion, it was a successful endeavor in, other, in, in the idea that um, I, I recouped my money and was able to continue on. And I will probably still continue to do that, uh, you know, mod a guitar. In fact, so you know, um, the only thing that's different is this. Um, I don't really want to upcharge those guitars. So that's one thing that's an, an, I'm not interested in either. So the one other thing I'm not doing next is, remember I had the uh, Squire Affinity plucked at, at uh, Sweetwater and I still had the guitar. I've been using it in videos. I have a 920 pickguard that has a Jimi Hendrix wiring uh, setup and pickup in it. And I thought it'd be, that'd be a cool guitar to put that in and do that video. And then maybe now it's time to let, time to let that guitar go and sell it. So I don't know. Like I said, we'll see. But... What I like about it as, as a, I'm going to say a peer, okay, as someone who does what Trogley does, what I like about Trogley's business model, which is what I wanted to say, and I don't want to miss skip before I go to the next question. I like any idea on this 
this this platform that isn't 100% just getting sponsored by companies. You guys, as observers looking in to the aquarium, <laughs> you're probably seeing it as, well, you're honest that way. There's nothing to do about that. I just don't want to be subservient to anyone. It has nothing to do with honesty or dishonesty. Um, I'd probably just end up getting fired anyways. But what I'm saying is, is that I think if your only business model on this platform is to have a company sponsor every single video you do every week, every show, every video, you're constantly, like I said, I call it the hamster wheel. You're just constantly looking for companies. And while you're doing that, you could be creating new ideas, new fun content. And I'm afraid things will slip through the cracks. Like for instance, I did the 50 videos, 50 states, uh, 50 guitars, 50 states video this week. That isn't a sponsored video. It, it isn't like a product to, to, you know, there's no affiliate really things to sell. There's no, there's nothing there. It's just, just, just content. And I want to feel like I can still do that. And I can. And it's because you guys are super chatting. People are patrons. That's how that, that's how those videos get made. Um, the, uh, I did the, uh, Tremani interview. I did the, um, uh, uh, Doug Pinnock interview. Those got sponsored for John Petrucci for, because of a crazy situation. I could not find a sponsor for that video. I'll just tell you why, so you know. I don't leave you in suspense. It's because Music Man, Mesa... I don't have a relationship with Music Man, Mesa Boogie, or Dunlop. And that's basically the three companies that do all the Petrucci stuff. So no one... I don't know anybody there to sponsor the video. And everybody I talked to said, why would we sponsor a video when the entire video is talking about those three companies? So nobody sponsored that video, so I just put it out. I put it out, and I made it, and I put it out because I essentially used my patron dollars for that. That's how I like this business model to work. If there's a company that wants a video and we can find use for it on the channel, I'll do it. If there's something I just want to do or you guys ask me about, we'll just do it. You know what I mean? It, I feel free. It's important to me. But like I said, I appreciate that Trogli also found a way to do what he wants to do. So I like that. All right. Seth says, just repurchased. A 2008 Mira used to own one. How did I ever sell the guitar? I love so much. Man, if you could answer that question, you asking me a question, I'm going to ask you a question. Why do we sell the things we like? I have no idea. It is so strange that we re re we sell and repurchase things. It is so weird. I think it's... I've only come down to one answer that really helps me... <laughs> understand my own psychosis, <laughs> whatever this is, which is I have a little bit of dad guilt. That's a thing. Um, you know, like, Hey, you know, do I really need this? Isn't there better uses for the money for the family? That's a thing. Um, it's the, I don't use it. So do we really need it kind of thing? Um, or Sometimes it's just flat out. You decide you really want something and the only way to get it is to sell something. So yeah. So the repurchases. Uh, I told you, my wife's pretty good about most stuff. She hates it when I sell stuff that she thinks I'm going to buy again later and she hates it when I mod stuff, uh, which is why I did so many videos with you guys showing you how to mod stuff and be able to take the mods back out because that's kind of what my wife really had me focus on for years was, okay, mod it, but can you put it back to stock when you sell it so you don't lose so much money? Yes. <laughs> Lifelong fan 07. 
or it could be zero seven. Says uh, which that's yeah, I think it's zero seven. So you know, uh, which floor unit is best? Quad Cortex, the new fractal model. Which ones have you tried? I have not tried the Quad Cortex at all. I have not even heard one of those units. I know nothing about it. Uh, when it first came out, they reached out to me at the before the NAM show and said, "Hey, they'd like to send one on the channel." And then, of course, it took off like a gangbuster, and they didn't need me, so <laughs> they sent them. You know, I don't. I, so you know, I'm not blaming them. I just, I, I understand, right? They, they reached out to a bunch of channels, um, and I'm not really the vein for that. Uh, you know, the line for that kind of stuff. So I haven't tried it. The fractal, I have tried. I'm not a fractal. I'm not a fractal user. I like fractal. In the idea, I like how it sounds. I like what it does. I do not like programming it. It's not enjoyable for me. Um, so here's what's sad. For that, uh, I had a fractal unit for a while. It was interesting. I did not end up keeping it. It was loaned to me. And I had a Kemper that was loaned to me. And I did not keep the Kemper. And so um, of the three, I personally would keep the Kemper. It's not, I, I'd love to tell you it's an amp top, uh, amp top, amp snob thing. I'd love to be like, oh, it's, they're just not the same. I, I have no thoughts like that. It's just literally, it's really, I do this for enjoyment, <laughs> even though it's a job, it's also enjoyment. And I just don't enjoy doing that stuff. Um, for me, what I learned for me, was, like I said, I have the HX Stomp which is like, okay, if I need a, a multiprocessor to just basically plug into something and get a direct sound that sounds great, I have that. I absolutely, absolutely love that universal aux. I am talked to, I've talked to two notes, so you guys know. I talked to two notes before I did that video. I asked, because uh, I, you know, I know those guys. I asked them if they would send me the, the two notes uh, is it the Captor X? It's the one that's like 600 bucks and it does basically what the Ox does. I asked him to send it to me. I would love to do a video uh, comparing those two things because the Ox is $1,500 now. I will tell you right now, the Ox has been my favorite. Like, I don't know. I haven't done my year in review. You know, when I review all the gear that I talked about this year, the Ox is probably going to be my favorite piece of gear for the year. And, and, and that's saying a lot. However, the price on it is just, uh, it's just so, so bad. $1,500. It's just such a hard thing to, to justify. Um, what's funny was about that, uh, again, this is what I like this show is to give you backstory on some of the videos I did. The way the Ox video happened, um, it was funny. In the video, if you watch the Ox video, it says clearly that the product is provided. I think the people at Sweetwater, which implies that Sweetwater sent the Ox out, right? couple people put in the comments like, did Ox send you this? Universal Audio. Universal did not send it. So a lot of people were like, oh, obviously Sweetwater sent it. That is what I wanted you to think. I thought that was made the most sense. If you guys, uh, just so you guys know, a lot of times on videos, I don't want you to second guess uh, anything. So I just kind of kind of put out an idea like that. Like, oh yeah, Sweetwater sent that out. That's not actually true. Okay. So you know. Okay. Again, I apologize for my throat being dry. Um, what happened with the aux was Sweetwater had talked to me about doing some videos. I did those videos, which are all obviously disclosed. Like we did the giveaway for the D'Angelico. They said, hey, you want to review a D'Angelico? I said, let's do a giveaway. We did that video. We did a bunch of videos, which all say that they are sponsored by Sweetwater, which is true. 
what I, I have no way to tell you this because it doesn't make sense in the video, which is how they were sponsored was Sweetwater was like, okay, we'll pay you. And I said, well, actually, I want an ox. So can we work out a deal where I, instead of paying me for these videos, can you just send me an ox? Or give me a deal. Actually, I was looking for a deal. I shouldn't say that because that that's, uh, takes something away from Sweetwater. I don't want to take anything away from them. They were very cool. What happened was I said, just give me a deal on the ox. I want one. I think it'll be a great, a great piece of uh, you know gear, a kit to have, and it'll it'll work out. They were thirteen hundred dollars when I did that deal in June. They sent it out, and then Sweetwater. I don't know if they made a deal with Universal Audio. I don't know if they just did it, but they said uh, they go, uh, you can keep it, <laughs> right? And so in other words, instead of a deal, they just said it's it's provided. So in the video, that's why I basically tell you guys that Sweetwater sent the product and that kind of you know implies that they gave me the ox and I did the video. The reason I'm telling you guys this is that's what I want people to watch that video to know. It's sponsored. You could, you know, you could discount, you know, did he really like it because they gave it to him? And even a couple of people say it's like, how come all these YouTubers have oxes, you know, and they got them for free? Because that's a true statement. They all got them for free, and that's probably why they all have them. But I'm telling you guys now. I could have took money. I could have took other things. I wanted the ox. What sucked in that video was when I did the original edit, I said, it's very expensive at $1,300. And I went to get a screenshot off Sweetwater and they jumped up to 15. So the reason I tell you that is it's a fantastic piece of gear. I love it. For me, it works. I got nothing bad to say about it. Like I said in that video, it's a little dark. It darkens the sound a little bit. I adjust that out. It's just, it's so freaking expensive that I would really like to find a more affordable product and give you a comparison of that because I I think that's the that's the hard thing to push through. And so, you know, this is back to, I feel the same way about Aux. I've always felt about Stumac and talking about Stumac with you guys. For me, as someone who can justify having an Aux for my, my YouTube world and say, okay, well, this is expense now, you know, it equates to a faster time of doing content and doing things. That makes sense. It's like uh, Stumac. It's like, hey, I spend this money for these tools, but I repair guitars for a living, and therefore it pays a dividend. I know a lot of you don't have that as an example, so it's just a cost factor. I would say, like Stumac, the Ox is a fantastic piece of gear, but you you know that price is just really hard to justify. So, um, Matt says the reactive load attenuate IR loader, but it requires an iPad. So does the Ox. Isn't that crazy? The aux, like I said in the video, you can turn on the aux and literally just go and start playing music. You don't need anything. But if you want to really get use out of that thing, like take it to the next level, you have to get out your iPad. So it's $1,500 and you have to have an iPad. I don't know what it is that they're so proud of. (laughs) I mean, it's tough. I can't can't crap on it because it's great. But I will tell you, it kind of reminds me of like the Fender... um, Tone master amps. I'm like, wow, I'm very impressed with this, but this price, it's just, man, it's like they found the maximum price they knew you could possibly tolerate. In fact, just to give you reference, I just want to tell you this because uh, it'll it'll hopefully make you it'll make you laugh. Um, when I was showing it to a friend, and I said, yeah, but it's really expensive. They go, yeah, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. And I go, I said, dude, you could buy a QLED TV now. 75 inch TV for less than this thing. <laughs> I go, what's in it that's not in that TV? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? T- technology expense wise. So I don't know. Very cool. Very cool, but I really like to do the comparison. So, uh, so you know, so much so, 
what I will do, I'm committing to you guys now, right now on the live show. If if two notes can't send out a captor uh, or that you know the, their version of it to do a side by side, I'll just buy one. I'll, I'll I'll pony up the cash and then because here's why I'm super curious myself. Um, I figured I, how, reason why is I figured uh, if I buy one. I won't keep both, so that will really tell you guys what I end up doing, right? Which one do I get rid of, and which one do I keep? So, and if they send one out, well, then you know, I'll you know, I'll be able to do the same thing. Same thing. Yeah, Han 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 thirty six solo says the Tone Master prices are ridiculous. They are. That's what I said. And then Brian Guitar said the R and D on the Ox probably is the why the price. It could be. Look again. I don't want to. I don't ever mean to. Uh, downgrade. I don't know what the words I'm trying to say is. I'm not here to, to crap on anyone who makes this product for us. I, I get it. It's hard and there's expenses, but, but that doesn't change the fact that that's our dollars that come out of our wallets. And it's, it's a lot of money, man. It's a lot. You can do a lot of money with $1,500. You can do a lot with $1,500. I mean, a lot. <laughs> okay. Even in today's market, $1,500 is, is as legit of a money amount as anything. I mean, six hundred dollars is a lot of money, but fifteen—that's a new—that's a new price point for something that may not be worth anything in five, ten years. That's just realist. Uh, you know, that's just the reality of it. So I don't know. So I don't know. Like I said, we'll see. But I like I said, we'll we'll do it. I'll do the comparison because it really has been a a, a, a time saver for. Sean says Fender should sell a Tone Master head. It would be easy. That would be easy. That'd be an easy thing for them to do, right? Will you, you know, so you know. Uh, here's something to know, Sean. Um, the what I know about the Tone Masters, when I did that video, there was some controversy because I said that it was made in China. And um somebody reached out to me, I forgot who, and talked about the fact that uh that the unit is made in China, but I guess what they do is they ship them probably to Mexico or U.S. doesn't matter where, and then they box them in the same. So the Tone Master amplifier is in the same box as the real amp. It's a it's a made in Mexico box. Uh, and it's the same box. The reason why that's important is if it's mounted the same way, which it looks like it is, and it is in the same box, then you can go to um, Mojo Tone and buy the head box and convert any of the Tone Masters into a head. And now I've decided I need a Tone Master head. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that, so you guys know, I bet you if you go down, you look online, you'll find them correct. You can convert any of the Tone Masters into heads very easily. So probably the only difference is unlike the real uh, Deluxe Reverb, where there's an output jack, for the speaker, there's I think it's hardwired in. You'd have to put a jack or wire up or you know wire up a plug on the end or something. So, okay, then how are we doing? I know we're at the end of this, but we got to get through these questions. We have Arturo Peter Blavis says if if the tone I want with a modeler should I get what? <laughs> okay, let's see. If I have a tone that I want. With a modeler, should I get rid of my deluxe whenever I gig? Signal was always goes. Do not get rid of your amp. If you need to sell your amp for financial reasons, do that. I have a friend, uh, and uh, he he has a um, John Petrucci 
Mesa Boogie Amp, and he has a Fractal 3, whatever, the new Fractal. And he loves his Fractal, and he uses his Fractal, his Zaxfax. That's what he uses. And I'm not saying he was going to sell it. I'm just saying he mentioned passingly to me that he was thinking about selling the John Petrucci amp because, yeah, obviously we're going for peak dollars and he doesn't use it ever because he uses XFX. What I told him, the same thing I'm going to tell you. The way the amps work now, the tube amps work now, is if you sell one, right, There's this, you, you're never going to get it back. So be 100% sure. Think about this. If you bought a deluxe reverb in 2019, new, Without negotiating a deal and no no nothing, and you paid a thousand dollars, that amp is fifteen hundred dollars new now. See what I'm saying? Um, so I don't think you should get rid of your amp. Just put the cover on it, put it away, and keep using your modeler, and then maybe decide after so much time. But you'll you may regret that. Uh, right now, there is some amps right now. I've been like, oh, I gotta you know I'm not using them. I should get rid of them. But d- deep down, if you have a decent tube amp, I don't think you should get rid of it right now. There's a lot of stuff going on besides inflation, besides all that stuff. There's tube problems. There's all kinds of reasons why selling a tube amp is not a good time right now. I don't foresee any time in the near future where you're going to be missing out on the opportunity where you could have, this was the time to sell it. So unless, of course, like I said, you need the cash. Uh, Matt says, I'm bringing a Strat style guitar back to life. It needs new pots and I'm a lefty. Do I need... Uh, backwards pots or how does it work? No, 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 man. That's not how it works. Uh, you don't need backwards pots. You just, um, uh, um, you just, uh, you just wire them backwards. Uh, they have different, so you have three lugs. So this will make sense if you're looking at your, your potentiometer right now, you have three lugs and <laughs> don't want to put down the wrong two fingers anyways. And for lack of a better, uh, you know, cause I don't have a wiring diagram. Let's say we take this lug right here and we call we ground that. Okay. This is going to be your input and this is going to be your output, right? If you need it to be reversed, all you would do is ground this side, input here, output there. Should do what you need it to do. Uh, but double check that. Double check that. Sometimes when we get to the end of the show and I don't have any visual aids, even I look back and go, what did I just say? I think I said it right. <laughs> Luciano says, hey, Phil, greetings from Brazil. What are your thoughts about the Wilkinson locking saddles, the ones on the bridge used by Pete Thorne? I'm thinking about putting locking tuners and locking saddles on my strats. Um, I like what he uh, Pete's using. What wh- I've seen those before. Fender even did a deluxe strat with those on there. And I have found uh, that Pete, and I think Pete said something like this. I think I watched him on some video and he was talking about this. And I found the same thing that he was saying, which is, uh, so uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, that he wanted something that kind of reacted like the Floyd Rose Bridge. In the way that you know the way that the, the strings attach and stuff, I find that uh, Floyd Rose bridge guitar, especially in my opinion, especially ones mounted to the body, they just have amazing tone. So like if you know when you see a Strat Fender Strat and you have a Floyd Rose on it and it's just leaning against the you know leaning against the body and you strum a chord, it's like all that mass on that bridge just makes those strings just feel huge. And I'm I I, I swear I saw him say this. <laughs> so if not, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, he was saying he doesn't like the bent saddles and stuff. I'm the same way. Like, I don't like the jangly, uh, vintage-y, saddly stuff. So, yes, I like that idea. I don't really like the idea of cutting the ball ends off and having to clamp them in there, like the locking things. Uh, but uh, I don't like doing it from a sh- sheer point of laziness. But tone-wise and bridge-wise, I think it would be fantastic because, like I said, I like the mass on the bridge like that. I think there's some truth to having some some better saddles like that. Um, the last Super Chat is Axe. 
uh, Alex, not Axe, Alex uh, Cadell, um, so we can get through these. Music Therapy Last, what's up, buddy? Says, Phil, I got a deal on a 2019 Gibson Tribute Les Paul Studio in Satin Cherry Sunburst. Plays, feels, looks, and sounds great. There are deals. Absolutely. I, I am I'm telling you guys, please, right now, <laughs> as a community service announcement, do not fall for any of the anybody telling you that, oh, man, you just can't get anything right now. Look, there are problems. There are stuff floating in the ocean. There is expenses got you know that are being passed on. In fact, I just again read an article this week talking about some of the inflation is a lie, right? Of course it is. Of course, of course, right? Every there's always someone who ruins the party. Of course, a couple companies are like, hey, we'll just raise the prices right now. Who would notice? Everything's going up, right? Of course, there's going to be companies doing that. I'm not accusing any companies in the music industry of doing that. But what I'm saying is, is look, if you're, if <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, I, I, I don't think I'd be totally guilty of this, but I could see myself. If you walked, if I still my store and you walked in right now and you're like, hey, Phil, how's it going? I'm like, good. And you're like, can you get any of these? I'm like, I don't know. And, you know, I'd want you to buy too, right? So they're going to imply it's going to be a little difficult. In some cases, it probably is. In some cases, like I know for a fact right now, there are some guitars waiting to come into the country. That's a fact. There are some com- com- companies right now that can't get parts. That's a fact. But then there are companies that have tons of stuff in the warehouse. Not everybody's the winner in this. So yes, you can find deals. Uh, like I said, um, and you, and I'm cons- constantly finding them uh, without any really trying very hard. There's just deals out there. So if you guys like, if you're looking for high end guitars right now, I can tell you right now, Eddie's guitars. Uh, just like, dude, check out that website. Dude, they're fully loaded with so many high-end guitars. Um, in fact, uh, I think the one of the guys there, his name's Granville. <laughs> He's probably going to hate me for this. Uh, you call Granville, man. That guy will, that, he'll take care of you. Don't, don't, don't tell him I said, well, you can tell him I sent it to you, but don't tell him I said, oh, he's going to give it to you for nothing. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he's got, they got a crazy amount of high-end guitars right now and Granville will take care of you. And uh, that's that's just easy. Um, unfortunately, they do a lot of uh, lower price guitars. It's all the high end stuff. But he's one of the first people I call when I need a deal, <laughs> you know, or, or a guitar on a high end guitar. You know what I mean, like that. Um, I'll call him up. Uh, the drunken scoundrel says Phil Vintage brand makes a killer SG copy. Yes, you know that's a great suggestion. Thank you for that. I forgot they do. I you know what? That's definitely one I'll check out too. I really want to, uh, you know what, and, and you know what, because you mentioned that, I probably should look at Epiphones again too as well. I need to look at more SGs because, like I said, I like my SGs. Let's see what's out there. It's just kind of funny. Uh, Trey Williams says, check out Maybach. Ah, Maybach. I got a funny story about Maybach. Maybach guitars. Um, he says, I don't know how you say this one. Albra- Albatross? Oh, Albatross. Albatross or Gordon Smith. Gordon Smith makes fantastic guitars. Um, Maybach makes fantastic guitars. I met the Maybach guys in Germany uh, two times or at least one or two times I was there. And I, they, Maybach makes fantastic. I think Maybach, the ones I played, I think their guitars were better than Gibson's and there were less money. I asked the Maybach guys if they would send guitars to the United States. Um, Maybe I should try and reach out to him again now. What happened when I met Maybach was that was right when 
uh, Gibson did that video like, don't even think about talking about our guitars or we're going to sue you, right? When they did that video. So what happened was um, that just happened. So when I was talking to Maybach, I said, man, could you send me some some guitars to, to check out? I would love to tell my audience about Maybach. Because uh, uh, I think they're guitars. They're made in the Czech Republic. And, and the thing that's important about that, and I apologize to the European viewers because you can understand I'm not, I'm not from Europe. I just want to tell you what I think. And please feel free to correct my stupidity in the comments. The way I look at guitars made in the Czech Republic is the way I look at guitars made in Mexico here in the United States. The way it works is like the Czech Republic is like not in the European Union. And what I see is like, like uh, obviously Spectre, Warwick, uh, 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 Maybach. There's a lot of guitars that are actually made in the Czech Republic. And of course, it's just like a stone's throw away from, from, from Germany. So it's just like... In my opinion, it's just like Mexico versus the U.S. You have the U.S. right here, and essentially, if you go across the border into Mexico and you have manufacturing made like Fender does, like Martin does, you're going to get great quality guitars, and you're going to get them for a lot less money, and it's even better on shipping because think about this. One thing about me not realized about um, about Mexico is, you know, when 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 they build guitars in Mexico, it it doesn't take six month lead time. Like it does in China to get a boat, contract it out, get the boat over here. I mean, they literally just put it in a semi truck and bring it back over the States. So the Czech Republic kind of works the same way as giving them the opportunity to make high end instruments at a more affordable price. And that's what my is. The problem is, is when I talked to my I said, I would love to do videos and, and, and tell the audience and show them. And they flat out said like, Hey man, we, we don't want to get sued by Gibson. We don't want to send any uh, Gibson style guitars into the States right now. And I get it. They don't want any drama. They don't need drama from Gibson. So that's what happened. So thank you for the suggestion. Like I said, and, um, but maybe, I'll, I don't know, maybe I can find one online. I don't know. But Maybach, great stuff. I uh, have not ever heard of Albatross. I'll check them out. But Gordon Smith is another great company for sure. Um, I think they're made in the UK. Very cool. I'll have to check them out again. Uh, Nick Patterson says, Hey, Phil, just picked up a Sunburst 1969 Fender P-Bass. Super clean, was plecked a few years ago, playing bass and sounded P-Bass. Wait, best playing and sounding P-Bass I've ever played. See, that's awesome. 1969. Wow. Great find, man. That's great. Wow, that's a dream. That's a dream year bass right because it doesn't even matter like some people like to buy their their instruments of their birth year you know what i mean stuff like that it's like 69 to me is like the romantic year you know you land on the moon you have woodstock it's like one of those it's like one of the, it's a what a great year <laughs> so fantastic i think everybody can relate like yeah you know to that uh i see everything twice says phil haven't been able to catch a live show in a while but thanks for helping me uh, with my sanity in grad school. Congratulations, by the way. That's that's hard work. A uh, great way to wind down the Friday. Yeah, play some guitar. Listen to some some bald guy with a hat talk. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate it. It says, uh, Alex says, got my first Gibson after owning two Epiphones. I got a 60s standard in bourbon. I love that color, by the way. Uh, and it's perfect. Blows the Epis away. What's And I'll discuss that in a second. Only mods I've, uh, I'm doing are the Grover locking uh, tuners and the Shellers drop locks. Uh, will it hurt the resell? No. Uh, here's the deal. You're do, you, you, you should have Grover. Well, here's what I would do. If you have Grover tuning keys, come do off memory. If you have Grover tuning keys on the guitar, do the Grover, Grover locking keys that will line up and fit perfectly. If it doesn't have Grovers and it has the Cluson styles, get the Godo locking Cluson style tuning keys. Just put light tuning keys in there. Don't drill new holes in that guitar. 
you, you'll, you'll not be sorry. Just don't do it. You don't have to do it. It's not going to save you any money. So don't do it. Because like I said, even if you save a few bucks on buying one over the other, you'll lose that if you ever get rid of it or for, you know, and just the overall value of it. So just find the right locking uh, keys. Uh, strap locks will not hurt the, you know, change out the strap locks will not hurt anything, uh, the value in any way. So that make that easy. Um, but you know what it is? That's a statement you hear a lot. You know, people are like, I got a Gibson and it like blows my Epiphones away. And I understand what they're saying. There is some truth to that. But like I said, it's funny to me. I find a lot of times there's just a lot of, a Gibson just has this nostalgia. That's like Fender. There's just a lot of nostalgia there besides the, you know, the way the guitar is made and stuff just, just feels good. So I understand what you're saying about that. The reason I said that is I want to be clear, uh, is that sometimes like, you know, we say stuff like that and then somebody who plays an Epiphone goes, well, should I get rid of my Epiphone and get a Gibson? And I'm like, you got to understand it's a, it's a lot of emotional response when we talk like that versus factual talk. There's a little bit of factual, but a lot of emotional. I just wanted to give perspective. So, all right. Um, okay, a couple things before we go. I need to tell you guys, So, since you guys waited, I have a giveaway to do. So uh, we have a guitar crate to give away today. What we're going to do with this guitar crate is because uh, last week and all the chaos, um, I, I put a link down below. You enter to win this guitar crate. And then next week, I'm going to I'm gonna open it, show you what's in it, and then we'll do the giveaway. We'll pull the winner uh, right before the show, and I'll announce the winner. So if you guys want to win that, you can totally win $45 worth of accessories. So that's cool. I thought that'd be really cool. The winner of the, the uh, Humboldt uh, Simplifier Deluxe, um, I'm sure it's because of what happened last week with uh, the family and all that stuff. Um uh, I didn't get the winner until uh, this week and I can't find the email because it got buried a little bit. So I'll reach out to Greg at AMS and make sure I have the correct winner. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, again, I don't really know a whole lot of information. I hadn't had a chance to talk to him. I, I'm assuming that person's been notified. So if you won that, you probably know. That's what I got. Because here's why I say that. It's just the I thought that's what I got was some kind of confirmation that somebody got picked and won. So uh, I'll let you guys know on that too as well. Uh, so we can do these, keep, continue to do these giveaways as well. And again, I apologize for the chaos of last week and that throw over this week. I didn't want to spend a lot of time with that stuff. Next week is Black Friday. And uh, I, I'm intent attentively planning to do a Black Friday live show. What I will tell you is this. It just make life easy for everybody. If for some reason I decide not to do a, a show next Friday on Black Friday, it will be Wednesday. That's what I've done in the past. I moved it to a before date, before Thanksgiving. So that's why I'll do it. So you'll know. If I do. If you see this live show at 3 o'clock on, on Wednesday, then you know I'm not doing Friday. And Otherwise, I think it might be nice to do Friday. Maybe do some giveaways. I actually have some cool stuff to give away from PRS and stuff. They send some cool stuff. and So I have some stuff to give away, and maybe a good time to do that. Maybe on Black Friday, instead of spending money, we'll, we'll give out some stuff so you don't have to spend any money. On that note, again, thank you everybody for your understanding last week, for your support this week. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend, and uh, and uh, thank you again. And until next time, I'll just say, know your gear, and then as always, flutter around looking for the button to stop the show. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs>